The Supreme Court has denied emergency injunctive relief on the GOP lawsuit out of Pennsylvania, challenging the constitutionality of mail-in voting. And it seems like particularly bad news. However, there is still a lawsuit going uh, com- coming from Texas. Texas is suing four states. So maybe, maybe that's the one, right? Everybody, Trump can still win somehow, I guess. I don't know. A lot of people are mad because they're convinced, you know, no matter what, Trump is going to win somehow. And admittedly, I will say there's always an, there's always some kind of open window. But the way I've described it is, you know, Trump is on track for some kind of victory, but the track's got loop-de-loops. There's like trees falling on it. So, yes, theoretically, if he makes it through all these obstacles, there is a way he becomes president again. But it's looking it, – it, look, let's just be real, okay? It's looking worse and worse with every one of these lawsuits. But far be it from me, I am no legal expert, and I can't tell you. So I, I, I brought on a legal expert who recently got ratioed, one of the biggest ratios in Twitter history, I think, <laughs> Will Chamberlain. What up? Yes. Uh, who, are, who are you, Will? I'm, I'm Will Chamberlain. I'm the publisher of Human Events. I'm a lawyer, and I, and I serve as senior counsel to the Internet Accountability Project and the Article 3 Project. Yeah, try and keep a little closer. Okay. That way people can hear you. Okay. So uh, uh, Will recently had a Twitter thread about uh, – which, which case was it? Um, I'm, I've done a thread on a number of cases. Well, the, I did I did one on the Third Circuit case, which we're not talking about today. The crazy ratio you got of... Oh, the, cra- the crazy ratio I got was just because I was frustrated with people telling me I, I dared say Biden was the president-elect. And they were like, you can't say that yet. Trump has... It's not official. And I just want to be like... Technically the truth. I mean, well, I mean, literally, technically literally true, the truth. Technically true, but please don't tell me what to say on my Twitter. So I was just mad. <laughs> That's fair. You know. Okay, so, so, so we, we have to go... We have to talk about what this means. And uh, uh, you're not a constitutional lawyer. You probably know better than anybody else in this room and many people on Twitter who are opining. So we'll talk about that because we do have the Texas lawsuit. And yeah. a lot of people are super excited. This is it. I mean, Texas, you know, they're yeah. suing. And that's I mean, it, right? It's, it's more hopeful than many other challenges that have been brought. But it's still that's still a big long shot. We can, I mean, we can get into it. We'll get into we'll get into it because uh, uh, we've got a ton of other stories too. This is crazy. Luke was just telling me that the FBI issued a warning saying that China is going to be targeting people on U.S. soil. It's not. It's not just that. We've got uh, this video that was published the other day uh, on, on Fox News of a Chinese professor bragging basically that Joe Biden's compromised and that the old guard is back in power, so China's going to get what they want. It's shocking stuff. And so we'll, we'll talk about this stuff. We'll talk about what's going on. Uh, Portland police recently retreated. Antifa overran them. So uh, we'll get into it. We're hanging out with uh, Luke Rudowski. He's he's chilling here. So we have Luke and Will today. It's a it's a it's a Luke got a super. Well, Luke's wearing his Santa hat, so it's a uh, Santa it's a Christmas special. Howdy! This was very last minute. I was just doing my grocery shopping until Tim <laughs> called me here. I am the sunsay behind WeAreChange.org. I appreciate sun gazing. And an interesting fact about me was that I was once arrested by then New York City. Michael Bloomberg for asking him a question. How are you? Hope you're doing wow, well. There you go. Interesting. Yeah. And, uh, and Ian's chilling over with the static orb. Zip. Oh, there it is. Zip. And of course, Lydia is producing. Wait, where's the button? Okay, I'm over here in the corner. I got a lot of people to switch cameras from. Yeah, we have a lot Sorry, of people. Guys, I'm keeping up with it. So uh, if you haven't already, smash the like button, subscribe, notification bell, the good stuff. We're live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. But let's just jump into the first story, and I will read what USA Today has to say. USA Today, report, USA Today reports Supreme Court dismisses Trump allies' challenge to Pennsylvania election. The Supreme Court refused today to stop Pennsylvania from finalizing President-elect Joe Biden's victory in the state despite allegations from allies of President Donald Trump that the expansion of mail-in voting was illegal. I like how they say allies of President Donald Trump instead of just saying, like, Republicans or, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's always got to be about Trump. The action by the nation's highest court, which includes three justi- justices named by Trump, came as states across the country are locking in the results that will lead to next week's Electoral College vote. 
It represented the latest in a string of stinging judicial opinions that have left the president defeated both politically and legally. By their one-sentence denial, the justices left intact a ruling by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, which said the challenge to a state law passed in 2019 came far too late. New Associate Justice Amy Coney Barrett appeared to have participated in the case. No dissents or recusals were noted. Led by conservative Rep. Mike Kelly, the challengers claimed the Republican-led state legislature's expansion of absentee voting violated the Pennsylvania Constitution. Rather than going to court after its passage, however, they waited until the state fig- uh, figured prominently in Trump's loss to Biden last month. All right, there's, there's, there's a lot to go through here. First off, I got I to gotta clarify. The lawsuit didn't have anything to do with Trump directly. It wasn't filed by Trump's people. It wasn't coming from the Trump campaign. Mike Kelly actually won his race, and it was noted by a lower court uh, judge that they would likely win on the merits, and Mike Kelly would be negatively impacted by this in the event they do get some some kind of relief. But uh, first of all, all right, you, 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 Will, just give me your general opinion so we can break this down and so I can better understand this. What, what does this mean? Are they saying that the case is done permanently, it's over, nothing's going to happen? No, but they're saying that they've denied emergency injunctive relief, right? Basically... Um, Parnell and Kelly, the two guys who were, you know, they, they lost at the Pennsylvania Supreme Court and they want to get the Supreme Court of the United States to stop it. So they need to actually have an injunction as well before, you know, they have hearings and, and argument. What, 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 is, what would the injunction do? The it injunction would, be- would set things and like somehow stop what's happening. Right. So maybe the injunction would stop the electors from being certified. I don't know if that, I think they might've already been certified. I think they're already certified. But yeah. It might've stopped them from going to the, you know, voting in the electoral college or something like that. I mean, an injunction is just getting the court to order somebody to stop doing something and freeze things as they are. So what I read was, uh, there's a couple things. First, we have the lawsuit coming out of Texas, which we'll get to in a second, because right. this may be bigger. I, th- I think it is absolutely bigger in, in your opinion. I, th- I mean, at this point, it's certainly bigger because. Oh, right, 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 right. right well, but, so we'll, we'll get to that. But so uh, I heard something that said basically they denied emergency reductive relief. But part of it has to do with the fact that the, Texas is asking for basically the same thing anyway. I, I don't really think that that's a related – that's the reason they denied here. I, th- I mean I read uh, the briefing from the state of Pennsylvania, um, and it was just good briefing, and it explained there were like four or five different independent procedural problems with the litigation as far as trying to get SCOTUS to do anything. Yeah. Um, you know, first off, if you're going to – you know, SCOTUS doesn't want to consider issues for the first time. They want to see things resolved in the lower courts, and then they can sit as a court of review. The problem is it looks like that Kelly and um, Parnell and their lawyers didn't raise the sort of federal issue, the idea that it, it not just it would be a violation of the Pennsylvania Constitution, but also that it would be a violation of the federal Constitution. No, they did. They did. I think they not, did. But not in the lower courts, I don't think. Right, right, right. Right? Like they did that I later, see. but they needed yes. to raise that specific argument earlier. And because Pennsylvania never ruled on it or nobody ever ruled on it and Supreme Court itself would be the first people to consider that issue, they're like, whoa, we don't want to do this. And then there were the additional issues that have popped up elsewhere, uh, standing, uh, mootness. Um, latches, is that what it's pr- latches, called? Latches, right. So yeah. that's just undue delay in bringing your case. And so that, so for those that aren't familiar, that, I think that's the, that's the biggest one. That's basically what they're ruling on. The, yeah. That, uh, that it basically says you have to reasonably bring your lawsuit like r- r- uh, reasonably within a certain amount of time. You can't just right. sit on it forever. Right. And so there are, I mean, this is, this is a common theme in a lot of the election litigation that's been ruled on so far. Um, is that there are these big procedural problems before you even get to the substantive questions about whether or not the scheme is unconstitutional in the first place. And so I really wasn't surprised by this news because I read the the brief from Pennsylvania. I'm like, oh, wow, you guys, you didn't raise the federal question in, in district court or in Pennsylvania at all. 
they're just going to not hear your case because they don't want to wow. deal with it. And, th and that's really interesting because when you look at the mainstream media's coverage of this, it essentially is Trump is done. It's over. Yahoo News has an interesting headline here. They, they, they have a, they have an article that says Supreme Court shuts down Trump's campaign's last ditch Pennsylvania appeal. So they're making it's it not sound even coming like it's from the done. Trump campaign. Well, that's what they're saying on Yahoo. So, News. That, that, so. That's, that's what I bring up here in this, uh, in these USA Today article. They say that, uh, what, what was the, what, what was the exact quote? They said basically that, it was too late because they 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 they, uh, they waited until the state figured prominently in Trump's loss. Nowhere in this does it say Trump lost, therefore, or anything having to do with Trump. Right. And we had Sean Parnell on, one of the plaintiffs, and he said he didn't know. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't know at all that that it was unconstitutional. They all thought the law was constitutional, and now they're suing because they found out it wasn't. So, I mean, there's a question about whether or not the Pennsylvania Supreme Court correctly applied their latches doctrine, right? But the problem is, you know. Latches is an issue of state law. It's not a federal law issue. Right. And then ultimately, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court is the final arbiter of what Pennsylvania law is. And so that that's why, you know, they have to figure out how is this possibly a federal question and, and, get and they didn't creative. raise it initially. Yeah, exactly. They, it was sort of like a last minute audible of like, oh, we actually need to go to the U.S. Supreme Court. How do we do that? And it's like it's way too late to you need to have kind of anticipated this potential problem in wow. this path. At the very do, 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 you, do you remember what their federal argument was? Because it's in there. Yeah. So the federal argument goes something along the lines of um, because there's the electors clause in the federal constitution delegates the power to you know run your elections in a certain way to the legislature. Um, the and then that's also sort of incorporates the lawmaking process with you know the constitution, et cetera. Um, that if the Pennsylvania courts and the Pennsylvania government is somehow violating their own procedures then that creates a federal question because it's a violation of somehow that delegation of power. But they didn't bring that up early. They didn't bring the... it up early enough to to get, at least that's probably what I think is the reason here, right? The Supreme Court didn't say why it refused to review, just give a one-sense right, right, right. But my guess is that this is the big reason. So what you're saying is that you're a better lawyer. They should have hired you because you would have won. Uh, I'm half not, kidding. I'm not saying <laughs> any kidding. of that. I don't even actively practice right now. I run a conservative <laughs> magazine. If you're hiring me to do your litigation right now, you're probably making a mistake. But if you but want to pay my rate, that's Did fine. you see the lower court's opinion on the on the merits? Uh, I mean, I they saw the Pennsylvania Supreme Court's opinion. It was... It was narrow. I, I, yeah, it was very narrow. I, I wasn't impressed by it. But that's the thing about being a Supreme Court. Like, I think there was some famous justice once who said, we're, we're, not, um, we're not final because we're right. Or something like... We're, we're right because we're final in the sense of, right, right, you know, right. like, because we are the There's court of There's nowhere else resort, to go. That means we're right. So uh, the, 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 the claim was that mail-in voting violated the Constitution because it already has an absentee uh, voting provision. Violated the Pennsylvania Constitution. Pennsylvania Constitution, right. right. And the, the first judge did issue an injunction. Mm -hmm. And then when it got appealed to the Supreme Court, she issued then an opinion saying, here's why I did it, and they will likely win if it's ruled on the merits. But then the Supreme Court said, "Nah, you're too late. Bye bye." Yeah, and they didn't even they didn't even consider the federal question if or any of the questions about the actual substantive constitutionality of the statute. Um, and they just kind of get away with it. I mean, in this case, it's one of those situations where, you know, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court is there's elections for I think the sitting justices. I think it's a very very partisan court, and so it's not surprising to me that they end up. In, in this really bad spot. And then, and then, you know, so it's not surprising the Pennsylvania Supreme Court was really partisan and didn't handle this case fairly. And then it's not surprising they didn't get to go to SCOTUS with it because they didn't, I don't feel like they were prepared for that particular right. avenue. But doesn't this create a problem right. that like, I mean, 
Give me your, give me, uh, what's your opinion? Do, uh, do you think it's unconstitutional what they did with mail-in voting? Oh, I mean, and as according to the text of the Pennsylvania Constitution, yeah. yeah. I mean, the Pennsylvania Constitution says here are how you can regulate, here are the rules for regulating absentee ballots, and these are the only circumstances where you can do it. And Pennsylvania didn't amend its constitution. They just passed legislation. So are we on. now going to, uh, and based on other challenges in other states, potentially have a president gets elected because of unconstitutional elections and rest, the rest of America has to just has to just has to just accept that. I mean, you know, I, this is one of the things that I think people, you know, remember the tweet I did that got everybody angry where I was right. like, Joe Biden, Biden won, won, he didn't win fair and square, but like, right, we need to exactly. get ready for that. You know, I mean, history is full of instances where people who fam very famous people won elections via cheating and took office and there wasn't like some later remedy to it. We just knew they cheated. In that case, why shouldn't Trump use any and all means to retain the presidency? Um, I mean, I don't think I just don't want to have a military coup, man. I really don't. <laughs> I think that, that the down that road leads all sorts of terrible things. So I think, you know, uh, to me, a lot of the problem here starts with the year before the election where the Democrats are going around the country and right. weakening voter integrity measures all over the country. And they should have stopped it. And we needed to do a better job of stopping it. We just got that's where we lost it. Yeah, but so. is like regular Americans don't know it's not their job uh, i'm not going to ask a plumber to understand how to file a lawsuit in advance right so so do you remember when uh tr the trump campaign sued over ballot observers yeah do you see what the judge said about observation that as long as they're in the room then th that satisfies election law i mean it it shouldn't right that, that's like, crazy right but like i mean th here's a real problem the pennsylvania legislature agreed to all these these reforms to ballot processing they were well they agreed technically to universal mail-in they agreed to a bunch of stuff so but technically what what the uh they agreed to it. What they've said is that we didn't realize they would do a whole bunch of crazy things like the curing process and the extended deadlines. And that's what they just rolled with after the fact. I think that's part of the Texas lawsuit, which, again, we're, we're going to yeah. get to in a second. But what's crazy to me about the ruling from the judge on the Trump campaign is that uh, on, on the Trump campaign lawsuit. So Trump sued uh, his campaign. sued like Rudy, Rudy Giuliani was arguing, I guess, yeah. saying that six hundred eighty two thousand ballots were counted without observer observers having meaningful access, meaning. The observers are supposed to look at the ballots to make sure that what the counter is saying is correct. Right. But they kept them, what, like 100 feet away so they couldn't see anything. Yeah. And then the judge said, how many were in the building? The, Trump's, the Trump campaign lawyer, I think, said famous, very famously a non-zero number of observers were in the building. Yeah. But they didn't have meaningful access. And then the judge basically said, well, the election code says observers have to be there. The observers were there. It doesn't specify distance. Therefore, the, the code's you know, uh, requirements were satisfied. I mean, to me, that sounds that's somehow law and justice don't always correlate. Right. right. Like, you know, that's that sounds like the judge is looking at the law and saying, here's the rules. Well, the rules are these people need to be in the building. Doesn't say any doesn't anticipate any sort of. But isn't like a it. judge supposed to solve that problem? That's insane. That's that's actually not what judges are supposed to do. Right. Judges no, are supposed to apply the law. Right? Well, hold, we, hold we, on. Hold on. I, I, I had a conversation with multiple lawyers about the, the gender issue in New York City. Right. Yeah. So have you ever looked at the New York City human rights uh, uh, gender I issues? Can, I can't say I'm super familiar with New York City in particular. They have uh, they have uh, codified 31 genders. OK. But their uh, New York City recognizes any and all that anyone might assert. OK. And they say that in all public accommodations, they must adhere to these practices, essentially, if you use a, a specific name. And so I pushed I, I had a question about the extreme nature by which this law exists. So. So, and, and this is relevant. Everyone just, just hear me out. This makes sense. So the idea was, if I can say my name is anything, and I can wear any clothes and use any pronouns, 
I should be able to go into a Starbucks or go to a job. I can I can get hired at a job and then show up wearing whatever I want and say, here's my name, say it or else. Right. Mm-hmm. And they say that a willful refusal to use someone's preferred name or pronoun, a pronoun is a violation, a human rights violation of two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars, which will uh, war- uh, warrant a two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine. So I talked to multiple lawyers about this and I said, I'm going to give you a, an extreme hypothetical. I'm going to I'm going to take the letter of the law to the extreme degree. What if I dressed up in a very, very offensive way and said that my gender was, you know, insert racial slur gender and that my official name was a racial slur? They said that the courts would laugh you out and say, no way, we'll never uphold that. But if the law literally says so, here's my argument. If the law says I can use any name and dress any way I want, why couldn't I go to Starbucks dressed like a giant Pac-Man and say I'm Pac-Gender or whatever? And then, and I'm not trying to disparage anybody, I'm saying if the law isn't specific, couldn't it create this exploit? I mean, I'd just be less pessimistic than the other lawyers you've talked to, right? I mean, obviously, I don't think, I don't, wouldn't guarantee that a judge would act on it or see the law your way. But my view is, I mean, if their law is really that vaguely written, oftentimes yeah. you get results in court that people think are defy common sense. I mean, well, so, so, it, so it depends. Sometimes the judge is going to do common sense anyway. Some judges are more active. Some judges are more like strictly literalist in how they read the law. It's just gonna the, re- be- the reason why uh, I bring that up is, uh, well, people could exploit this to make money, obviously. Yeah. But the idea is when it comes to New York City and the human rights law, if a judge can determine that my gender is laughable, like, you know, if, if, if you clearly pick something ridiculous meant to garner laughs and the judge does, then why would any other judge not be allowed to throw out any legitimate claim about, you know, trans human rights? Sure. And that's that's exactly the reason why they might, you know, why I probably would end up disagreeing with the lawyers you previously talked to. So so you could actually get a job at Starbucks, show up the next day dressed like Pac-Man and say your name's Pac-Man. And if they tell you, no, get out, you can't wear that. You can you can challenge them. I mean, based on how you've characterized that law to me. Yes. Right. I mean, it is it is it is it is really that big. It says uh, it says gender identity is self-expression. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of laws in New York City. There's also a very specific law against people's hair. So if you discriminate against someone's hair or hairstyle, you also could be fined as a business a quarter million dollars right, yes. for doing so. Okay, okay, so so not to get off track. <laughs> the reason I bring it up is because now now I'm hearing, and again, different lawyers, different opinions, is no, it's the letter of the law. The judge just says, here's the letter of law, we're done. I mean, it depends on the judge. Like, not all right. judges act the same way. Some well, so, judges are more... Do you, do you think a judge should say the law is clearly intended to make sure you can observe the the ballot reasonably? Like I kind of don't actually. I mean, I, I think that's the kind of thing that needs to be dealt with uh, by a legislative fix because I generally think that the way this thing should ha- these things should work procedurally is you know judges just apply the law as written in their in the best reading of it and then the legislature tweaks the law if the law is stupid. But but know? think about the problem that creates. It's like we say okay we want observers to be able to read the votes so we know their scrutiny and, and the votes are legit and then someone finds a loophole and just ex- exploits and abuses it so then we have an entire election that is essentially not the will of the people in any capacity because it was exploited right well i mean then then that question becomes like okay well is there some other restriction or some other like law like or right that's being compromised here and maybe that comes into play to say like to constrain the way that the specific election code can be interpreted, right? So, but you need to be appealing to like something else. You can't just say, well, the law doesn't make any sense. So we should trust the law. Like that, that usually is not something lawyers look at. Or the judge just says, I think the, you know, very clearly the interpretation of the law is such that people can actually observe what is written on the ballot. I mean, not just to say, well, there's no, there's no official foot number in the law. So therefore, 
I mean, he quite literally said you could be sitting in the in the, in, the, in the bathroom in the other room of the building, and it counts as having an observer I, present. I would argue that that it, clearly makes if they no can't sense. See it, and they're not observing it. Then they're not observers, and therefore there are no observers. Right. Well, that. But then the pro very likely in the statute is also a definition of who counts as an observer and who doesn't. Right. Like that's very common for most of these election statutes, is to have some sort of definitions portion. Where like the phrases right, right, and right. words they use, so that might constrain that sort I, of. That's a create. I mean, it's good. It's creative lawyering. Don't get me wrong, but it's like that would be probably precluded by um, a definition. So their official job title is observer, but they're, they're not actually observing. Yeah, exactly. So the judge said, "Well, they're 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 called observers, and they can be sitting in the back of the room playing on their phone, playing Candy Crush, and that counts as having an observer present." It's mm. it's bad law. Like I, I don't know what else to say. Like I think that yeah. pretty clearly Pennsylvania has really bad election codes. Uh, that allow that make a mockery of election integrity um, that need to be changed. Now, do I, but do, but if you're asking me like straight up, do I think that Pennsylvania judge made some sort of like was in legal error the way he interpreted the statute? Doesn't sound like no, it. You're right. Yeah. You know, sounds like he just interpreted the law and applied it. That's so, crazy to me. I mean, but you know, that's, that's because how could you anticipate that as a regular person? You, you, you could go through every law and make sure, okay, we're going to have, a, I want to make sure nobody cheats. Nobody plays any unethical games. How would you predict a judge is going to be like, well, you know, observers don't mean actually observing the name on the ballot. It just means being there. I mean, I don't know. Like there was uh, I feel like there was in Georgia, they've they've list lessened their restrictions. I mean, COVID probably pushed them further away. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure, you know, poll observers have been around for a pretty long time. So you'd feel like it was one of the better developed areas of law. But apparently Pennsylvania is just <sighs> there's always something. So let me ask you, is this the end for Donald Trump? It's not the end, um, but it forecloses, you know, one hopeful path. I think, you know, there, I think there are basically two viable paths that we can. I mean, we're going to get. Let's do it. All OK, right. Texas C from CNBC, Texas sues four battleground states and Supreme Court over unlawful election results in 2020 presidential race. Texas Republican Attorney General Ken Paxton on Tuesday filed a lawsuit in the U.S. Supreme Court to invalidate presidential election results in Pennsylvania, Georgia, Wisconsin, and Michigan. The lawsuit asserts that unlawful election results in those four states which President-elect Joe Biden won should be declared unconstitutional. The filing argues that those states use the coronavirus pandemic as an excuse to unlawfully change their election rules. Experts in election law were quick to dismiss the likelihood of the nine Supreme Court justice taking the case. Now, I'm just going to I'm going to poke your buttons a little bit and say Joe Biden is not the president-elect, but uh, that's fine. But um, he's not. He's not right. Yeah, no, like technically not. I mean, no, literally not, but technically is. In order to be literally, the, 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 to, so to be... Is this like a bugaboo of yours? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, no, because you tweeted that Joe Biden was president-elect, right? No, I, I tweeted that Joe Biden won. Okay, well, you said it earlier, so I'm yeah. just making the point to clarify for everybody what it means. Okay. President-elect is January 6th, when all the votes are counted and they say he will now be inaugurated, you know, in you know 14 days or whatever, in two weeks. That's when he is president-elect officially because we go by electoral college. Technically, he is because... The, you know, everybody recognizes the projections from all the states and thus it's going to happen anyway. So it's an, they call, they consider it an, uh, an inevitability, right? Okay. okay so let's talk about right. Texas. Okay. Let's talk about Texas. All right. Um, uh, is this Trump? Uh, he's guaranteed to win now. It's over. Trump won. <laughs> no, no. I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, this is a very interesting thing. Like I had to learn, I read about it today because I was like, well, I, I, I mean, this is something you remember from your con law class is like a footnote that by the way, when states sue each other, they go to the straight to the Supreme Court, but it's wow. not something that, comes up very often. I, I think I looked into it. There's been an average of one case like this every year, um, really? every year for like the last hundred years. And out of well, like I, all the cases that the Supreme Court takes. 
So like uh, states routinely sue other states not, for what? Well, the point is it's not routine. Like one case is to, one case like this every year happens oh, wow. out of like 75 I mean, or 100 or 150 that the Supreme Court takes. So it's not it happens and it's usually designed for things like water rights. You know, mm. um, like so, but like so, like Wisconsin and Illinois or something. Yeah, right. I like, mean, they have the they have the Great Lakes Coalition though, so they're all pretty much in agreement. But it would be like I I remember there was Arizona suing uh, the Great Lakes, saying we deserve access to the water because it's on American right. soil or whatever. And and that was like the actually the original idea behind the Supreme Court was you had to have a place where the states could resolve their disputes. Um, that's so it. what's what's this lawsuit about? What are they suing? So over? they're suing and they're basically saying Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, et cetera, all didn't follow their own law, election laws, all made a mockery of election integrity. As a result, that injures us, the state of Texas, not just because we don't our electors don't get to vote for president. and It's canceled out by these illegitimate unconstitutional votes. Right. But also the even more important from the state perspective in terms of its own interests the vice presidency is now cha- is now changed and you know we're a state we have a direct interest in our senate representation and our ability to vote there and the vice president is the president of the senate who breaks ties right. so they're oh, basically so they're saying like look we have standing to object here um there are all these problems and you know you should take this and actually we think you the supreme court don't have any discretion we think you have to take this case um and then you know going through the litany of problems that we've been talking about they elsewhere said that, they said that scotus has to take it they argued that um that's not doesn't look like it's a majority view on the supreme court it looks like it's just alito and thomas although we don't know how the three latest justices would rule on it um that said i i am doubtful but not like you know i don't think it's a guaranteed or anything but i'm doubtful that the supreme court will take this case and it kind of gets to the heart of you know what does the supreme court normally do it does appeals right right again it sits as a court of review when the case comes to it in the first instance, the Supreme Court's like, well, I guess we have to have like a trial or something, right? right. Like we need to have evidence. We need to have witnesses. And how they actually do that is they literally just appoint a, basically a special master, which is like a private judge. And they're like, oh, I guess we have one of those cases we have to take. Well, here you go, private judge. Go resolve it and we'll, we'll deal with this later. And then after everything's presented, they can rule on what. Right. But because they're not equipped for it, they've kind of found ways to say, like, okay, how do we, like, not take these cases if we don't have to, <laughs> right? Like, we're, we're an appeals court. We don't like to decide things in the first instance. How do we let's, – let's narrow this down as much as possible. And so the way they do it now is they say, well, can the underlying interests of this case be vindicated in another lawsuit somewhere else? Okay, and if they can't, then fine, we'll take it. But if they can with other litigants in a forum so that things go normally and percolate their way up, then we'll do that. This is one of those cases where there are other forums where the underlying interests being talked about in the lawsuit can be can be vindicated. Hmm. There are election contest laws in all these states, which is actually one of the, the avenues we haven't really talked about where I think there's a real chance of doing something and persuading a judge. Well, so what, what is that? Uh, well, so for example, in Georgia, President Trump and David Schaefer, uh, the director of Georgia Republicans, filed a, a formal election contest in Georgia state court under Georgia's election contest law. What was that? That was like two days ago. Is that still going? Yeah, that's still going. They just oh, filed wow. it. Um, I think on the fifth. Or but sixth. doesn't that doesn't that plan to Safe Harbor somehow? Like they've got to resolve that. Dispute? I don't know. I don't know how it real, you know how it interplays with State Harbor. But I just know that like it's the first lawsuit I saw where I was like, oh, there isn't an obvious procedural problem with this, right? That's going to prevent this from getting heard, right? Nice. And that's not that's going to lead to a judge just kicking it out of court because that's been the problem with all the lawsuits so far. Like the other side gets in and says, oh, you have no standing and mootness and like going down the list of like problems with your lawsuit that we mean we don't even get to the substance. Or some of them are just, I don't know, the the the, the Kraken lawsuits. I mean, the Kraken lawsuits got dismissed yesterday. I mean, one of them got dismissed from the bench, which you never see. 
Like um, that's how bad it was or what? Yeah. I mean, because normally, I mean, a district judge is worried about being reversed on appeal. It's right. humiliating. You're, uh, it's your superiors Seems telling you Seems to happen publicly, all the time though, right? It does, but they want to avoid it because it's right, humiliating, right, right. right? Like they don't like being reversed. It says they got the law wrong and they didn't do their job properly. And it's a public <laughs> opinion. Like imagine getting a performance review and having it be in like a And then imagine register. being the Supreme Court and you're just chilling because no one's no going to one, challenge you. No one you. can do that. That's right. why all the judges want to be Supreme Court. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so they, they don't want, so as a result, if they don't want to be reversed, they try and put all their decisions in writing and make them pretty rigorous so that they survive appeal. Literally, the guy just looked at the Kraken plaintiffs and their lawyers and was like, you guys lose for like four reasons. One, two, three, four. You never could get into court. Even if you could, your claims are meritless. Go away. Like it was just, it was, I haven't seen that in a serious piece of litigation in a long time. I mean, it was wasn't, really wasn't the filing missing spacings between words? Oh, there are typos all over the place. But it, not not, not typos, typos, like there were, there were whole things. paragraphs that had no spaces. Oh, like it, between... was, it was a mess. It was not proofread. And I mean, what, what, what is this? I mean, it's, it's, it's like they're, I don't know what's going on. I, I don't understand it. Cause if I, when I was practicing law, if I did that, my, I would have gotten fired. So the reason I, the reason I ask is a lot of, I, I hear a lot. It's 4d chess. They're trying to lose on purpose to get to Supreme court. There's nothing good about losing. Right. You, you're going to go to the Supreme court, even if you win. Cause the other, like, again, like say Sidney Powell wins her law, her lawsuit at the district court level. You think the other side's going to be like, well, we're, we're, whoa, well, we're done here. I guess we're just leaving, you know. Yeah, uh, they'd appeal and say no. They'd appeal. It would make like, it, it's going there no matter what. Right. And you'd like to have like a, an opinion that says you were right from the lower court, at least to like give you some presumption. Like this, you, this is, this there's is no about, strategy to losing. When, when they lost, uh, when Trump's campaign lost, and I think the third circuit over. Yeah. I was basically saying, uh, you know, a bunch of people were like, that's exactly what we wanted. We, th- thanks for ruling so quickly so we can get to SCOTUS. And I'm like, th- there is a good point to be made yeah. in that if they're going to win, and they're still going to SCOTUS anyway, then they want to get there as fast as possible, right? right? So that makes sense, sort of. But still, you'd rather win than lose, even if that was the case. Right. And you don't want to lose the way they lost in the Third Circuit, which was, again, in all these procedural problems, like things like even if you won your point, you wouldn't have enough to change the result of the election based on the claims you're making. So you can't, you have to get out of court or, you know. Well, that was, that was, they wanted to amend the complaint a second time or whatever. Oh, yeah. Gosh, the, the way they went about that was so silly. They wanted to amend the complaint a second time. They weren't actually appealing the underlying substantive ruling. They were appealing the decision by the district court not to let them fix their complaint. Um, and that's usually that's granted liberally because you want it. You basically, right. is everybody should have access to justice, so they shouldn't be kicked out of court in a technicality. But the Trump campaign had been there saying, we have to get this done by November 23rd. We need to do it really fast because, you know, the election the certification ball, we have to get it done fast. And then the district court dismisses their case and they're like, oh, well, can we fix the complaint and take another six weeks? And the district court's like, no. <laughs> wow. You, you it's said, too late. Yeah. And so. So my question then is, and we'll, we'll, we'll go back to Texas and, and get to this, the heart yeah. of the, 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 that, that, that lawsuit. Rudy Giuliani, is he a old crackpot well past his prime who's falling apart or a mad freaky genius playing 4D chess who's going to pull out a tremendous victory for Trump? It's only one or the other. There's no, no middle ground. Well, I mean, I, I don't want to be mean to Rudy Giuliani, but he, he's <laughs> most and he's doing like what many other people are doing. It's PR in the place of law. Like I was really disappointed to see Giuliani being selected to argue the appeal. Giuliani is not an appellate lawyer. He hasn't practiced appellate law in years. He hasn't argued any appeals, um, as far as I know. I mean, it's possible I'm wrong about this, and he argued the appeal recently. But that's a, that's like a practice. Like, you, and and he was they were doing things like they one of the things that in the Third Circuit case people didn't miss this too. They appealed a temporary restraining order. That's actually wrong. You can't do that. You have to apply to the appellate court for an injunction pending appeal. So how, how, do you, how do you know this? They don't. And you're not even this kind of, I didn't what? know this beforehand, but I, re- I read right. about it afterwards. Like Shouldn't after they have these... read it 
beforehand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is why you would hire experienced appellate lawyers because they don't they don't have to wait for the judge's opinion to find out what they should have done. So, uh, so, but, but you're, you're a big Trump supporter. Yeah. You're, you're, I mean, you, you yeah. were mentioning this before the show that we had a conversation a couple of years ago where I was like, it sounds like we agree on all of these, like, you know, culture war kind of issues and stuff. And then I, I don't know if it was, you asked me or I asked you or something like you asked me, then why wasn't I supporting Trump or something? Yeah. And then like, I, I had some answers back in the day. I mean, back then it was like, those are the Bolton stuff and the, and the, and the foreign policy failures mm-hmm. and stuff. And that, that, that's kind of what, but the riots really changed things too. So yeah. I'm like, you know what, man, everything else is like kind of out the window, but, um, so, so you, what you're saying is the best chance that Trump has right now to to legitimately win, as per some kind of constitu- constitutional processes, martial law, send in the troops, <laughs> go in, just lock everybody up, I arrest mean, them all. Is that really winning? I don't know. I, again, I, I don't. I don't want any coups. I think. I think there's some possibility of the Texas law getting taken, the lawsuit getting taken, and and it's one virtue, if you will, is that. It only has to get past this one big procedural hurdle, and then they can hear the case. And what's that? That's the Supreme Court deciding to grant permission for them to file the complaint. I so they haven't it. even filed the complaint yet. Yeah, they've, they've asked for permission to file it. This, and people, people are getting this wrong. They like see it on the docket. They're like, oh, SCOTUS has agreed to hear it. No. SCOTUS has, when they do that, they're saying, oh, you, you met the proper steps to ask for permission to file this complaint. That's all we're saying. You, you, your filing was procedurally correct so far. And then they decide if they and want they, to hear it or not. Yeah, they decide if they want to hear it or not. Odds are the, my answer is they probably won't. But if they get past that, if this, so Gotis decides on this one little decision, they're going to f- overlook some, how they've been doing things in the past. And is it majority rule? Yeah, it's, it's a 5-4 decision. Like okay. 5-4? Because um, you don't count Roberts? No, Roberts is a lit. <laughs> uh, he is, I know. He's, he's a total lit. Um, but like that's, but even so, I think, you know, if I'm, be- I'm betting man, I'm not betting on the success of that litigation because in general, I mean, it's the problem we talked about earlier, that the interests underlying that they're trying to be vindicated there, right, election irregularities, there's processes in the individual states to deal with it. And the Supreme Court generally hates having these original jurisdiction cases and only will take them if there's no other place it can be vindicated. I don't know. Election betting odds has Trump up 0.7% today. Ooh. Considering the news, you'd think he'd be going down, but they still have around 10% to win and that's, be the next that's, president. That's free money. <laughs> like, that's that's free money. That's what that is. I don't know. I, I, I still wouldn't bet. May, I wouldn't may I, I, I'm going to disclose something. Maybe I shouldn't. I, I After I like all this nonsense with the one stuff, I looked on Predict It, and they were... Predict it was giving me like a, they said Trump was at thirteen percent to win, and you can make a bet on based on that. Good, yeah, good well, but uh, so predict it has Trump at fourteen. Oh wow, that's but, way that's way too high. Yeah, but you know you know what it is though. <laughs> like it's because you can buy them and then sell them when they go up. So yeah. when it's at ten cents, people are like, I'll buy it because some news will come out, it'll go up to twelve, and then I'll sell out. Yeah, you know, and then make two cents. Right. I I keep telling everybody, man, there's there's two big plays right here. If you really think. Trump's got, you know, 4D chess and the Kraken was only, you know, was was actually hiding and wasn't slain at all. You really think Trump's going to win? You bet you, you got to go and you got to place those bets, right? Yeah, that's for you. I am not advocating it, the other for gambling, way, right? Like no, if you no really means. if you believe that 100% Trump's going to be in office in 2 months, that's that's absurd free money. You can make huge amounts of money. Maybe rich. Um, I I saw one post on social media where someone claimed to have put like 20k into betting on Trump to win and now they're panicking cuz it was like their life savings. But at the same time, I'll tell you this right here. You you think that's true? It's free money? Uh, yeah, I mean... I then know. why don't you bet on Biden? Right I now, did. you can do it. You did. I already did. You bet on Biden. Yeah, I got like four grand riding on Biden. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, my I, I, I'm sure there's a ton of people watching right now who are like, ooh, I hope he loses that money. Well, here, I, here's... I actually... I have a... There's sort of an ethical thing. Like, I think if you make predictions like this, you should bet on them. 
That's a good betting, point. Betting is a tax on BS. Yeah. Right. Like. Oh, know, that's a good point. Yeah. You yeah. know. Uh, so you know. We should make a video like series like. You know, when Luke comes out and he says something, I'll be like, okay, put the money down. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I mean, it's a, it's a real test. Like, um, all the people who are saying that Trump's 100% going to be in office, why aren't they? I mean, there's huge amounts of money to be made on this bet. I mean, you're going to make, what is that, 86 cents on the dollar? No, I'm not going to make that much because I'm betting on Biden. So, like, no, 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 I'm saying like someone were to bet. Oh, so, yeah. You put exactly. down 14 cents for Trump, you want a buck. Yeah. So put down 14 bucks and. Yeah. 100. And, and I mean, the point being, like, not that I don't want Trump to win, I still do because I think it would be good for the country, but it's like, I've made public predictions that Trump will not win. And I feel like there's sort of an ethical obligation to be willing to put money on the public predictions I make. Well, I'll tell you this. In 2018, I was like, I think the Republicans are going to, are going to keep, keep control and they're going to, they're going to take the, they're going to keep the house, maybe even gain in the house because all the culture war stuff was getting crazy. And turns out I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I was right. Uh, I was right for the first two days. And then about a week later, with all the mail-in, mail-in ballots they started finding all over the place, then the Democrats ended up winning. So, uh, it's interesting how that happened, right? Yeah. So, uh, so I was wrong. Then I said I thought Trump was going to win this one. I did mm-hmm. say I was, I'm, I'm very tepid most of the time, but I was saying for months leading up to the election, like, I think Trump is going to win. That's my gut feeling, but, you know, Biden could win. Don't underestimate your opponent. So when it turns out that, you know, now the election is going Biden's way and I'm saying, yeah, Biden's got this, I'm probably wrong again. And <laughs> now we're, we're all going like, no, I've been saying over and over again ever since the seventh. It's it's ninety nine point nine nine percent, you know, for Biden. The reason I reserve that actually earlier on, I said it was like ninety seven percent. Yeah, this was before Trump actually filed the lawsuits. And I was like, so he has all of these ways to challenge these things. And then as he's, you know, his campaign and his and, and other Republicans and pro Trump individuals have been losing. I'm like, he, of course, still can. Right. But is it at a point where it's like winning the lottery three times in a row? Or just I mean, like, it's it's just really unlikely. He has to win all these election contests. The time, you know, we're running into the time constraints where the electoral college is going to vote. I mean, I you know, even at the beginning, I said that the odds of him prevailing after the election results came in, like five percent at max. Well, on, Gen- the, on January sixth, yeah. the uh, members of Congress can contest, can can dispute. Right. I mean, and it happens apparently relatively often. Never works and never goes anywhere. Yeah. I mean, that's that's like what I would expect to happen here. I but mean, isn't isn't it true that uh, what is it? Article two, section one, or is it section two, article one of the constitution? That sounds. If it's about Congress, it would be article one. Constitution. Oh no, you're right. It's it's about the presidential election, so it's article. That two. it doesn't matter what the states say. The state legislatures always decide. Yeah, I mean, I think there's that absolute authority is placed in the state legislatures, but I don't think they're going to do anything to contradict the electoral college. I mean, the precedent there is is crazy. Like, if you think about it, the idea that the state elections don't matter and that they don't. I mean, I mean, in, in like. It's, this is the craziest thing. Cause I've, I've I've been reading more and more about early U.S. history, and the founding fathers didn't want demo- direct democracy. Like we, no. we we all know that, yeah. and we've actually been sort of eroded in that direction for some time. Yeah, like the Seventeenth Amendment, which I'm sure you're familiar the, with. The Senate meaning making the Senate it, elections direct elections. Exactly, yeah. it used to be appointments by the state leg- legislatures. Right, and so senators were. It, I, I think that system made more sense in a lot of ways. You know why? Why. We don't care about local elections anymore, and now our own communities fall apart and become detached and, and, and dejected. Yeah, it's like our whole politics has been nationalized. Like, you can't run a local paper doing local politics section. That's that's a whole, you know. No one cares. Just, no one no, yeah. And, and what, what's really irksome to me is when I see uh, someone running for Congress talking mm-hmm. about how if they get elected, they're going to do all the good things for our district. I'm like, you represent the district to the, to the, to the, to the federal government. You don't clean up your district. You go to Congress and vote on national level policy. Yeah, and here's a real interesting thing that that the whole idea of representing your district that basically went out the window with the ban of earmarks. You know, that was the way they represented their district. They got right. a little money for like little pet projects. Now but they but, don't even do that. But the issue is, if you want your town cleaned up, 
You got to vote local. Yeah. And so before the 17th Amendment, for those unfamiliar, 17th Amendment says senators will be chosen by popular vote. Before that, the state legislatures would essentially vote. The problem was there was bribery or some kind of, you know, just crony BS. Yeah, no, that came out of like Teddy Roosevelt and all the good government stuff that they were doing yeah. in, the, in the early but, 1900s. But, but think about it. If that's how the system still worked, then you'd be like, you got to vote for, you know, wh- who's the who's the PA state senator guy who's a... Um, Mastriano, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you'd be like, you got to make sure he gets reelected because he's going to make sure to get a good senator for us. Now it's like, I don't even know who that guy is and I live in Pennsylvania, right? Not me personally, I'm just saying figuratively. Like you've got people who live in PA who can't even name who's in their general assembly. Don't know. Can you name? Well, I mean, I just moved to Maryland, so I, but I don't know. I don't even know who my. I lived in New York for five years. I can't name a single person. Yeah. I I can name Ocasio-Cortez. I didn't live in her district. Yeah. And she's federal level. I can't speak. I don't, I don't know who the councilmen are. I don't know who the, the, I don't know any of that stuff. Yeah. It has been, everything's being nationalized and it's extremely dangerous. Mm-hmm. It's not just about politics, it's about media. Yes. Let's say, let's say, uh, this, this was talked about like a decade ago as local media was dying off because the internet was replacing everything. This like, it, it, maybe this plays into the culture war in a lot of ways. It used to be that your tribe was, was partially local. Mm-hmm. What you cared about locally might be your high school football team versus the neighboring town or whatever. But with social media, the tribes became singular, national, top level, and like very specific. Right. If they, 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 were, they used to write about with, with, uh, with this phenomenon, you could have a local politician be extremely corrupt and there's no one to write about it because no one cares. Do I yeah. care about, you know, I don't know, the mayor of Gainesville committing some, you know, crime or whatever? No, I care about DeSantis. I don't care about the smaller town mayor or whatever or the city councilman. It's not going to make the news. No one's really going to care. Unless it's really crazy, like, you know, he builds a flying machine and then starts dropping mortars on people or something. I don't know. Maybe uh, I have to think about it, though, because part of this is youth and, you know, living wherever you want. I wonder if, like, we would change our minds if we were, you know, well, I guess you are a homeowner. But, uh, yep. like, if I was, like, personally a homeowner in a place and knew I was going to stay there for 20 years, I might start caring a little more about local elections. Yeah. But, but no, I mean, your general point, though, is correct about how, I mean, our politics have been nationalized. Our media has been nationalized and, and the concerns people have are are you know ultimate you know and, and also like I, I have a random thing like people people would say to me like there's you know and i think you might have said this there's no way joe biden got 80 million some votes mm-hmm. like no, I, I think there's a way for sure right and people people uh were i'll i'll, I'll just play I'll, let's play let's play the media game normies were radicalized by a psychotic trump derangement media apparatus that sought to make money off of outrage about trump and it created a whirlpool that sucked in regular people who snapped and said, I just can't take it anymore. Biden. Boom. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly that was exactly my thesis, right? Like our well, you know, but sports I, but, went away. Like what were people even focused on over the yep. last year? But I think Trump's Trump got Ocean's Eleven. That's the way I put it. Yeah. Like the real heist happened months ago yeah. when they were going around knocking on doors and saying vote when they're doing ballot harvesting, when they were doing those illegal uh, uh, democracy in the park things in Wisconsin. There's the, the viral videos of the Native American women saying, like, we're going to give you money if you vote. Like, make sure you just tell us you vote. One tribe actually said, T- send us a picture of you voting. We'll send you 20 bucks. Like super illegal stuff. Oh yeah, there. I, I I have no doubt there were tons of shenanigans too. Like I remember, you know, I was in Philly on election day. Take you know, the you were posting those videos. Yeah, the video of the poll watcher. Um, I, I referenced that when we were, we had Destiny here. He's he's a leftist, and he said, if these claims of of like irregularity and and and, and fraud and stuff were, were are, are the observers being blocked were true, then where were all the videos on election night? And I was like, Will Chamberlain was there, and he posted like a video in the morning of like an observer you, being kicked out. Yeah, it happened. Yeah, that's weird. Like there were so many people who just a random side note. So many people denied that. Like I got I saw fact checks that were like. 
Yeah. There was Buzzfeed? there was a re- Buzzfeed tried to fact check. I literally corrected her and she withdrew it to her credit. Yeah. Like you know, That's so she's weird. Like, he wasn't, you know, and then they tried claiming that no, he was at the wrong precinct or whatever. Right. It's like, and then no. you posted the photo where it's like good in any precinct. Or <laughs> right. Something. Exactly. So like weird. A, it, they, they just, they were so tuned for like, oh, there's misinformation. People are going to spread misinformation. I'm like, you guys know there's actual shenanigans going on in Philly. And I don't know that there was some like massive plot to like thwart poll watching. It's more like that, you know, what I, what I would attribute this particular thing to was just sort of an arrogance among the the poll the poll workers in that area that like they were kings of the castle they dictated what happened they didn't need to pay but attention they, to they, they they did you see the video where the guy yells all Republican poll watchers leave now or whatever I didn't see that one but I'm yeah 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 there's, there's there's stuff like that they're, or, or they're putting up boards to block the windows do you oh, see what yeah. Scott Adams said about this what he said if you are having a discussion about the potential irregularities or fraud after they barred observers and blocked windows. You're a victim of misinformation mm-hmm. uh, and, and essentially misdirection. Yeah. Because as soon as they said no witnesses, there's, you can't do anything after that. Right. Like, so when they, when they say, where's the evidence of fraud? I don't know. They kicked out the observers and boarded the windows up. Right. And I'm actually for a, like a, as a general rule, like the idea that if you, if you wrongfully kick out poll watchers, then the votes go away. Right. Yeah. Like we, like we, we, assume, we assume you've committed fraud. The presumption is you committed fraud and you need to affirmatively prove you didn't. Right? Yes. Like, I mean, that's, you know, like that's how it kind of works in the court system generally. Like if you fail to produce something in litigation, judges will issue it, eventually issue an adverse inference instruction saying, jury, you need to assume that this was terrible evidence for them that proved that they did something horrible. Interesting. Um, you know, and that's the way I should look at, I think we should look at, we, but we need to change the law to do this, right? But I think we should change the law about poll watchers and, and get people to a point where when they are instructed about working a poll and letting a poll watcher in, they're like, we better not restrict this poll watcher because the consequences of doing so are terrible. Well, let's, that's clearly not the case in Philly. The consequences of what we're talking about go well beyond just the election and which team won. Right. What people need to realize, and, I, and I, I've been saying this quite a bit, is that we're, in, we're a nation of people. A judge could rule something that's ridiculous and dumb, and it would stand because they're the judge. And if it's a Supreme Court justice who gives a bad ruling, then what do they do? Right? It ends with them. People aren't computers. They're not robots. And so I, I was mentioning this. Yeah, previously that people keep saying, here's what the safe harbor provision says. Therefore, we've won. And I'm like, you could get a crazy justice who's like, you know, he just goes nuts and gives some crazy ruling. And I'm within reason, obviously, like within the confines of law, just have a weird interpretation of it. And then you get a weird ruling you didn't expect mm-hmm. because people make the decisions, not computers. It's not a code. You know what I mean? Right. And I mean, like, that's why, you know, for example, the Texas lawsuit still has a chance. I wouldn't rule it out. Right. Like there's always some human variability. Um, yeah. You know, there's there's they, cases where you have better odds and worse odds. Right. If you're fighting six different procedural arguments that a judge has to decide, oh, well, I'm just going to have to ignore the law and like six different core areas of our jurisprudence in order to rule for you. They're just not going to they don't want to do that. What well, are so, the, what are the odds you would give Trump win, of winning right now? Yes. Less than one percent. Wow. But more than more than point one point zero one, maybe. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, those ballpark. are pretty. Those are still like not bad odds, to be honest. I mean, you know, he he he's not ahead in the vote counts in like four different states. I mean, and the problem is he has to win. You know, one of the reasons I'll talk about the other reason I like the Texas lawsuit. He has to win in four different states, or he has to flip four different states, or win one lawsuit from Texas. And general, yeah, exactly, right. Well, the yeah. lawsuit in Texas at least is elegant in the sense of a chance to just in one shot get rid of all the problems. But otherwise, he has to win independent election contests in four different states. You know what it is? States, you know what it is? Time running. It's out. like it's like in a movie, and there's like four bad guys, and then like Texas comes up. And he pulls out his gun and goes, bam, 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 bam. And right. then just knocks them all out at once. And then, and the gun puts it away. That's Texas. That's, 
That's the hope. <laughs> like, and so, I'm, I'm hoping for that. I really am. I, well, I hope to lose the four grand I bet on Biden and be revealed to be a complete charlatan as a result. But no, like, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I think, right. you know, it, it's, 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 it's annoying to me that people think you're not allowed to be wrong when you make predictions. It's like, right. you can be wrong, whatever. Like, at the time, you had, you had made a, uh, an educated guess based on the evidence laid before you, laid before you, and there's a lot of variables, and there you go. It's right. a, so so I'll, I'll tell you this, man. Long story short, I had a buddy tell me in 2011 not to buy Bitcoin when it was at 70 cents because he said it's you can't do anything with it. It's hard to get. If you make this purchase now, you'll be putting a bunch of your money into something you can't get out. And then what happens in a month when everyone forgets about it? You'll have nothing. That's actually a really good argument. So I said, better not buy it. If I had spent the five grand on 70 cent Bitcoin, I would be very, very happy today if I yeah. did. But it was it would have been stupid for me to take. It was basically my life savings. And putting it in Bitcoin, I was like, this new technology, this is amazing. You're reading about this stuff. I'm really excited. And he's like, don't do it, man. You need that money now for food and rent. I'm like, yeah, you're right. As I was telling you to do it. (laughs) A month later, a month later, this is before I met you. No, no, even afterwards when Bitcoin was out there, I was like, you got to get into Bitcoin. You got to do it. I was, I I, I have Bitcoin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've been paying attention. I'm not, but anyway, here's what I'm, here's what I'm saying. This election is not just about which team won. Right. It's about, at this point, I think this is maybe the most consequential election we've ever had. Mm-hmm. So here's the next story that we're going to get into. Trump tweets video of Chinese professor claiming that Beijing can swing U.S. policy because it has people at the top of America's core inner circle of power in clip that has been deleted from social media in China. Not only does this guy, Di Dongsheng, say that they have uh, they have old friends, he calls it, mm-hmm. in high positions. He says that Joe Biden's son became rich with all this international financing stuff. And who do you think helped him do it? Essentially, it's saying the Bidens are compromised, but he doesn't need to say it because Tony Bobulinski already said it, that Joe Biden is compromised by China. And now we have a guy in China. They're all laughing as he says he did it. This is this is the the consequence now of losing this election. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really not happy about that, you know, and I think. But so uh, listen, listen, what do you do? What do you do? Uh, you, you try and beat him or I mean, or well, and one of the things I've been talking about has been let's get a special counsel going, right? Like this is what yes. Democrats did. Let's have a special counsel yes. for Biden, Biden in China. And if they if the Democrat, and the election and the election, yeah, let's have a second. Like we should have three, right? There's Durham already. Yep. But yep. let's have a new one for the China Burisma stuff. And let's have one for the election irregularities and let's make the Democrats adhere. You know, if the Democrats want, like, obviously, a Democrat attorney general can figure out a way to fire these people. There are ways. Yeah. But if they want to set that precedent, fine. Then we're never going to have to deal with another BS investigation from the civil service again. Right. And so, I mean, I think they probably will end up doing that if we took the, you know, if Barr pulled the trigger. Was um, it was it Le, was it LeBron James who came out all pro China? Was it yeah, LeBron? That was right. Yeah. We've been seeing more and more U.S. companies capitulate to china authoritarian mm-hmm. despots communists who harvest organs from ethnic, uh, religious minorities and they're bragging now that they've essentially got the incoming president in their back pocket yeah it's kind of funny how like the communist government of china ended up proving every critique of capitalism true uh right like yeah you you end up with i mean all the worst sort of rapaciousness and corruption um, they were able to go to these these Harvard professors. These what 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 are the universities where they arrested all these guys? Oh yeah, I mean it was Harvard, Berkeley. I think had one. They go to the professor and say, "Hey, we'll give you fifty thousand dollars a month 
give us your secrets. Recruit for us. And they say, you bet. Oh, man. Ooh, there's not money. only to them, but to U.S. soldiers, to military personnel with top secret clearances, just like yep. that NYPD officer that was taken in. And also other governments like Israel that have sold U.S. technology to China. So this is a major issue that's going to have major implications. I want to know, who is this top American core, uh, the inner circle of power and influence? Who are these people? I want I want to know. There it's deserves Luke. to be an investigation. Deep yeah. state. Well, uh, <laughs> there you go. Top level well, Wall Street. Let's call them the old friends. I'm going to call them the old friends from now on. Well, he did extensively yeah, talk friends. about Wall Street and how Wall Street was able to contain someone like Obama that was very easy to manipulate. And then he said when Trump uh -uh. came in, the story wasn't uh, so true. And then he thinks that when Biden comes in, things are going to go back to normal. What's normal? What is this normal according to Beijing and the Chinese Communist Kissing government? the pinky ring of the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah. yeah. Trump wouldn't do it. This guy was like, how, how do we fix the Trump administration? We couldn't do it. Well, then Biden won and everyone laughs. Everyone laughs. So look, uh, Sam Harris tweeted the other day, the story from the New York Times. Why do so many people think the election was rigged? Mm -hmm. And Jeffrey Miller, so not, he's another professor, responded that when, when there's so much anti-conservative bias in academia and institutions and the media, people just don't trust the elections, right? Mm -hmm. But it's crazy to me that we have Joe Biden the single greatest president in American history, um, based on his ability. I mean, you, you have to imagine, um, the amount of votes he got, 80 million, mm -hmm. and, the, and the amount of campaigning he did, basically none. He must have been the most powerfully charismatic individual. I can only imagine when he, when he got up on TV and he said, come on, man, every single, you know, one of these voters just like was blasted back by the pure awe, awe of Joe Biden's charisma. I, just, I, I don't know. I mean, he, you know, Hillary was, a really bad candidate in a lot of ways. People really didn't like Hillary Clinton and they had really good reason not to like her. You know, the thing about Biden, he's a goofball. He's in cognitive decline, <laughs> but nobody hated him. Right. Right. He's, he's not as Trump. He's, Trump he's was not, the threat. He, it's like, dude, who loathes Joe Biden? There might oh, be a few people yeah. like, and maybe he's done some really loathsome things like with China, Scott Adams but like Tara Reid. Yeah. Tara Reid. I mean, Tom. yeah, you know, there, there are, there are certainly scandals that are loathsome, but personality-wise, he he's not like Hillary, and he's not like a lot of Democrats who are just, you know. Well, so, so, so let me ask you this. Let, 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 let me let me uh, load the the question up a little bit. Joe Biden beat every non-polling bellwether metric, such as voter enthusiasm, party registration numbers, uh, uh, Google searches, which is a new one. There's uh, primary vote count and, and support. He also won the other silly ones like cookie sales and mass. He, I'm sorry, he lost. Or oh, you're talking about you know, Trump won all these and Biden. Biden beat them. He he. So basically, all of these things were against him. So whoever gets the highest enthusiasm tends to win. Whoever gets the best primary turnout tends to win. Whoever gets the most uh, um, or new registration tends to win. Whoever sells the most Halloween masks and most cookies. Those are the silly ones. I bring them up on purpose. Joe Biden lost all of those things and still won. He lost the three bellwether states and 18 of 19 bellwether townships. So when you say all that, a lot of people say, it, it, look, if you came up to me and said he beat a few of these things, I'd be like, wow, you come on, you tell me that he beat every single one of them at once. And that's weird. I mean, it's it's weird. And I think I think certainly there is fraud. It's not impossible. But it's, it's, it's just not impossible. And in 2020, it was a different election. It's but true. It's true. What I always often say people got to realize, too, is that COVID moved everybody around. 
that people were moving and, and the riots moved everybody around. So that could explain the states and the, and the townships, I suppose. But we know. also have to understand that who was in Biden's corner? China was in his corner. The big tech monopolies were in his corner. Hollywood oh, yeah. was in his corner. The mainstream media was in his the corner. Establishment. The establishment was in his uh, you know, corner. And they all are working together, helping each other out. So it makes you really wonder what really happened here, especially with the latest revelations from this professor from Beijing. I mean, this is mind-blowing stuff. Did you, I mean, what he said about Hunter? And how the Hunter story was treated in the United States, yep. it was essentially stuffed out. The American public were denied the truth about the Hunter Biden emails because of the mainstream media and big tech oh, social yeah. monopolies collusion destroying it. This is what the professor said. Trump has been saying that Biden's son has some sort of global foundation. Have you noticed that? Who helped Hunter build the foundation? Got it? There are a lot of these deals well, inside you know, you, you need to understand the way he said it. Yes. The, la the laughing and smiling. He didn't just say, and who helped him build it? Got it. He went, and who helped him build it? Yeah. And everyone laughs. Got it. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. He, our old friends, the political establishment, the elites, the old guard, the people who are in government who are helping us out. He says, I talked to our friends. They said they were trying to help, but they couldn't stop Trump. Right. Well, then Biden gets, Biden wins. He smiles and everyone laughs. So look, man, I'm, uh, I'm not, uh, I, I think I think dark times are coming. Dark winter is a, is a, is a, is putting it lightly. I mean, what I, Biden said. I I hope that we win the Georgia Senate races really really badly. I think it's I don't think so. Important. Well, a lot of Republicans are disenfranchised because you know Trump's being kind of quiet. He's not really being bombastic. He's not really fighting, and then everything just looks like it's not going his way. So, but Trump's uh, not on the ticket. Yeah, people don't like the Republicans. I mean, in Georgia, right? Like you know, the the Senate candidates outperform Trump. Right. But like Loeffler was appointed. Yeah. I mean, they're not there's not huge enthusiasm behind them. But right. You know, the sort of she, she she didn't win a popularity contest. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's she, a vacancy. She didn't win it outright. But like there were there are overall more Republican votes in, in both the Senate seats. I think it's still pretty viable for us to win those Senate seats. And, I, I, I agree. I'm just leaning towards and maybe I'll be wrong again because, you know, I'm, I'm not good at predicting how people vote, I suppose. Uh, or I am. And I'm not good at predicting how fraud plays out. Mm -hmm. um, but that's the case. The Democrats win. I don't know. Look, I mean, like, like, basically, I, I speak to some personal experience. Like, uh, my parents are classic suburban Republicans, right? And they, uh, my mom couldn't stand Trump. She just couldn't, right? You know, and voted, yep. it, voted yeah, for Hillary that. and voted for Biden. Um, but even she called me the other day and said, "I'm like, I'm, I really, you know, I'm really still glad Trump went to Georgia to get those Republican Senate candidates elected. Like, there, there really are, there really is that constituency of people, um, in in certain places like Georgia that just couldn't couldn't stomach Trump but would generally want Republicans in power. Well, let's, let's, let's talk about the more severe reality of what comes next. This is from, uh, we got Yahoo News. FBI warns state, local police about China targeting people on U.S. soil. They say the FBI is warning local law enforcement agencies to beware of cooperating with a Chinese government campaign to coerce U.S. residents to return to China to face criminal charges, according to a counterintelligence bulletin obtained by Yahoo News. The bulletin comes shortly after eight people including a former New York Police Department officer, were indicted on charges of acting as illegal agents for Beijing. Eight people, including a new an NYPD officer, were, I mean, how is this not treason? Well, he wasn't just an NYPD officer. It's, he also held a very important security clearance because he was in the military as well. In the so, U.S. military? In the U.S. military as well. And he was spying on the Tibetan community, uh, which was a protest community that he was going back all the way to China, giving out key information who was a part of organizing against the Chinese government. Do you, do you see what Mike Pompeo said earlier this year? 
I'm not demanding. He said a lot of things. He said China's infiltrated every level of government from it's, state, city. That's very true. So I, I, I feel like this guy getting up on stage in China and gloating that the Bidens are basically in the pockets of the old friends and seeing the story about Hunter Biden. Let me just make something really, really clear. Joe Biden took Hunter Biden on an Air Force Two to China for a private equity deal. Why did Joe Biden use U.S. government resources to help his son get a $5 million forgivable interest-free loan from China and launch a you know, billion-dollar billion dollar equity firm? They're in, they're, they're in the pocket. It's yeah. Beijing Biden. Bob Yulinsky, who worked with the family, gave an interview saying they're compromised. And that's it. Yeah. We just roll over and say we, we're, we're all Chinese subjects now, second-class citizens, unless because we can't even go to China. I mean, China poses such a difficult problem. Like, I, I, I often people think, like, it was just obvious that, you know, we were going to win— the Cold War. I mean, we had a massive espionage disadvantage of the Soviet Union. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, the Soviet Union was, you know, fighting us, but they had a completely dysfunctional economic system. They couldn't put enough toilet paper on the shelves. You know, they didn't Guess make sense. Guess who can't put enough toilet paper on the shelves now? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> right. Um, but, like, it took 50 years to beat that, that economy, and that economy was a completely dysfunctional. China's economy is not dysfunctional. Nope. Um, it's and manipulative. It's manipulative. It's and, they're, and they and they're also have the same sort of like espionage superiority of us that the Soviets had over us. They have four times the people. Four times the people. I mean, in terms of agents, like we don't have any meaningful presence there. They have, I mean, there's some great books on this um, about what the variety of different operations China's running here, um, trying to hack lower level defense contractors because they can't hack, obviously, this, you know, DOD, right. but they try and get low level contractors and get plans that way, um, you know basically trying to recruit people. I mean, there are, I think something that somebody said to me, or I think I might've read it. There are like serious technical computer science programs at college park taught by Chinese professors to Chinese students in Chinese. And that's weird. Like that's, and then those kids go back. They're, 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 they're manipulating their um, real estate market in China yeah. to create this, this like a regular middle-class house is like a million dollars compared to an American, which is, you know, 200 to 300,000 or something like that. They're buying up large swaths of land in countries all over the world, in, uh, in Brazil, in, in, in Africa, in, uh, in the U.S., on the West, on the West Coast. They're buying up tons and tons of property. They're just slowly buying their way to take everything over. Yeah. It's clever. It's ba basically they've convinced the United States to give up all its manufacturing in exchange for cheap labor. These politicians we've had over the past several decades, the old friends, as, as Di Dongcheng says, have uh, thought to themselves, look, it's good for the American business to have dollar an hour Chinese laborers I've got to pay benefits to. They save money and we all get rich. And then a generation goes by, decade goes by. And now we no longer make our own medicine. We don't like you buy a musical instrument, you buy, you know, uh, computer, uh, computers, cameras, whatever. It's all made somewhere else. We don't make it anymore. Yeah. What would happen if China declared war right now? We'd be caught with our pants down. I mean, it's, I mean, they wouldn't, I mean, there's, there's still the mutual assured destruction worries, but I mean, they were beyond the point of being able to, you know, really meaningfully coerce them. Like that's, and that's, that's actually different from like where we were as a superpower even 20 years ago. Um, like, and, and that's sort of, you know, we at human events, I mean, we ran an article like Xi Jinping will have his way in Hong Kong. And that was like two years ago. Yeah. We got a lot of flack from that, from people who were saying, were whoa, right. whoa, whoa, whoa. But like. We, you know, again, a descriptive versus a narrative argument. Do I want Xi Jinping to have his way with Hong Kong? No. Will right. he? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. This Beijing professor confirmed everything that we've been hearing about for a very we long time. We were talking about this two days ago yeah, before the video came ago, out. two days ago, we were breaking everything down. And we got to understand, we're in a trade war. We're going to be in a currency war. We're 
probably, according to the Tsidious Trap, might be even in a hot war. And we have to understand, China has its hands deep in American institutions like we can't even imagine. When we look at politicians and corporations, they have been enriched more than they could have even imagined because of this opening of China policy that has been instituted by individuals like Henry Kissinger under the Nixon administration that literally went to China with David Rockefeller and said, hey, we're going to have a lot of jobs for you. We're going to bring you a lot of factories. We're going to bring you a lot of industry. You just give us the cheap Chinese slave labor, and then we're going to have a great deal, and all everything's going to go through China, and that's exactly what's happening right look, now. Look, look, it's it's beyond just the schools, where they have the Thousand Towns Project, where they've actually got a bunch of professors taking 50K a month or whatever, recruiting more people and selling our secrets. They're, they've got Hollywood bending the knee, doing movies where they remove negative things that could offend China. The NBA is praising them. And they got TikTok. And mainstream media as well. Mainstream news articles refuse yeah. many times to even criticize China or the Uyghur Muslims. What, I mean, look at, look at Tibet as an example. A few years ago, everyone was talking about Tibet and the Tibetans and the, and the things that they're going through with the Chinese government. Now, no one's even talking about Tibet. No one's talking about the Uyghur Muslims. No so one's talking about the Hong Kong, where we're getting video footage right now of them sending activists and protesters to mainland China to never be seen again. Or the video footage of the Uyghur Muslims. Yeah. Being loaded yeah. into trains, yeah. heads shaven. All that's happening. And it sounds like if Trump isn't the president in the next four years, we will just be subjects of China. I mean, I don't think we'll be subjects of China. I think that we're too, we're still mean, too I mean, strong. Figuratively. But like, it'll get to the point where whatever soft power we had, I mean, like, it just, it will be gone, right? Like, we'll ask somebody. We're, 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 we're a generation or two out. You, know, you, see, you see what TikTok is doing? People don't realize this with, with how, how TikTok works. Um, you know what? I'm going to stop and talk about a different social media app, okay, that's mm -hmm. similar. And what they do is, and I've mentioned this before, you get, in order to get a bunch of young people using your social media app, so you can manipulate them and control what they see and what they think, you, you, you get some kids to use it, you give them fake followers. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, some high school kids, like, I got 2,000 followers on this app. Like, I don't, I don't have any followers on Facebook or Twitter. They use the app more. They get more followers. The followers aren't real. They brag to their friends. Psh, you got how, how many followers do you have? Fifty. I got four thousand on TikTok, or I should say a different app, not not, not TikTok. No, I mean literally a different yeah. app. Because uh, I don't know if TikTok did this, but I know there's, there's another company that do, that did this, and it worked out very 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 well for them. You get all these young people to use it, and eventually you've created a cultural wave that everybody wants to be on it because they want to get recognition, they want the followers, they want the points, they want the score. Then. You use the algorithm to control what they can see and what they can't see. All of a sudden now, anything negative about China is gone. Everything positive about China is coming back. Donald Trump is the orange man. He's awful. He's evil. He's bad. Everybody hates him, right? You better go vote. Then you get a, a big surge of young people who go out and vote. And that's manipulated through this technology coming from these other countries. It's, it's fifth generational warfare. Well, I mean, there's a reason China doesn't let its citizens use Twitter. Exactly. Right? But but they, they use don't... it. They use it on our uh, for us. They use... Yeah. Like, I mean, there, there needs to be reciprocity there. Nothing at all. Right. Like, and we should be. I mean. It's ridiculous that it took so long or that people were even pushing back against the problem of China. China yeah. and, and they're aggressively going after VPNs so people in China can't even, you know, change their addresses to see what people in the world are saying. So right. just imagine living in China where your social credit score relies on what you regurgitate, what you read. If you read something you're not supposed to read, your social credit score goes down. And this is a society that other places like Singapore and other governments are even 
thinking about adapting themselves because this is a great way to control people, to subjugate people, and to benefit the special interest class, which are seeing these things. They're saying, wait, this could be probably good here. And then we have a Biden administration where his cabinet is being filled with individuals that are literally arguing, we can't do anything to stifle. We shouldn't stop China because if we do, that's going to hurt the global economy. We need to let China rise. And these Just are key individuals up. that are going to be in Biden's administration Guys. very soon. Just lay down and put your hands up and expose your soft underbelly for China. That's why we need, they just uh, want to lock up the Uyghur Muslims. We need satellite internet. Uh, we need to bypass ISPs and get this free software mesh network in place. We need it here because so we don't get censored, but they need it. Yeah, I mean, free and open internet is something critically important. And when you see China controlling it, controlling what their people can and cannot listen to and see, this is a huge, vast power that it just started out with saying, with the government coming out saying, no, we're going to tell you what you should listen to. We know what's best for you. Just like corporations are making the argument here, we have to fight against fake news and everything that's wrong in our society. We're going to curate everything for you and provide it to you on a silver platter. I think we're on track to... Based on everything we're seeing happening right now, when I say that we'll be subjects of, of China, I don't mean in a year. I mean in 50 or 100. We will be a weak, old regional power, probably fractured in many ways with a, you know, disparate broken government in some. I imagine at that point, you know, and again, a lot of variables from now between the 50 or 100 years. But uh, China's got the power. China's growing. China's controlling us. And we're losing. I don't know. I'm, 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 I would say I'm that as pessimistic as you are, but I definitely think that we're in general. I mean, the Democrats are, you know, continued at, Democratic control will lead to that. Sure. Look at look at the past several decades of what the U.S. has been doing, sending our, our manufacturing overseas, Trans-Pacific Partnership. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, Joe Biden's going to jump in whatever Pacific Partnership agreement there's going to be. And it's not just about China. They're, 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 they're the biggest threat the U.S. has right now, but it's also about the U.S. just giving up. Mm -hmm. And it's not like the collective spirit of America has said, oh, I failed, I'm done. It's that we've got politicians that never cared about us. And it's partly our fault. When people go in and they say, I'm gonna vote Democrat, I'm, a, I'm voting Republican, they don't know who they're voting for. They end up voting for people who are just like, vote for me. And, you know, I'll fight for you. I'll give you whatever you want. And then all they really wanted was the keys to the castle. They want to get the paycheck. They want to get the pension. And they want to get their name etched in stone for history. And then they mm -hmm. did nothing. And then when it came to passing bills, they said, how much money can we, we make in the short term if we send our manufacturing to, you know, to Mexico, to Indonesia, to, to you know, to uh, Vietnam or, or China? We'll make a ton of money in the short term. What about the long term? Oh, we'll lose. Yeah, but we won't care about that. That's our kids, right? Politicians have sold out the next generations. And so surprised to me, you've got so many young people who are becoming socialists. That seems to me like the downward trajectory is we had a period where a bunch of our leaders were selling out our manufacturing base for a short-term gain with a long-term loss. And then we created this world where these kids are like, well, just go to college then, right? Mm -hmm. That's the solution. There's no more good manufacturing jobs. Go to college and you'll get a good paying job. But what happens when everybody has a degree in some field or another and you're competing with people on the same level once again, there are still no jobs. There can be a million good computer jobs, but if you know 50 million kids are coming out of college with computer degrees, there's still no jobs. Now they're saying nothing works. We need communism. But communism doesn't produce anything. It extracts things. So over a long enough period of time, as everyone keeps demanding the government pay my bills, we need a stimulus. Lock everything down. Have the government pay for it. The government can print money. Money can facilitate trade. But if there's nothing being produced, there's nothing to trade in the long run. Yeah. I think that's right. All right, I need to quickly use a restroom if that's yeah, right. Yeah, do it to it. I just did that.
I would say all the jobs are definitely in China with the Uyghur Muslims producing a lot of the corporate American goods that lecture us on uh, racism here in the United States, which is something that people need to realize as well. But uh, I don't know if we want to go into the next story, but I mean, they infiltrate not only these kind of intellectual institutions that kind of set uh, our young children to be where they are right now. China has a huge influence on the universities and colleges, but they also infiltrate politicians in more ways than one as we what found you get, out what you today to? with the Chinese spy that oh, that's slept right. oh, yeah. Swalwell. Oh no. Swalwell has the nerve to say cheat an election <laughs> yes. when he had a fundraiser organized by a Chinese spy. Yes, and there's accusations by Donald Trump Jr. that allegedly this spy had relations mm-hmm. with Mr. Eric Swalwell, which by the way, Eric Swalwell was one of the biggest proponents of Russian collusion. If you remember, he was out there on all the media networks. They loved him. He was ranting and raving. There's a foreign government (laughs) infiltrating our government. There's a foreign government controlling everything. The Russians are colluding. He farted farted on on TV uh, while accusing Trump of trying to cheat an election. Exactly. And at the same time, he was being infiltrated at very (laughs) high levels by a Chinese government which he had very close dealings with now this person's very interesting because they they are describing her as a honeypot she slept with many prominent government officials and she escaped to china as soon as the fbi came looking for her they saw that she somehow miraculously escaped which is absolutely so 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 the biden family's compromised diane feinstein had a a chinese spy working Mm -hmm. for her office and now swalwell and many other people had a spy working for him secretary pompeo said that Chinese governments infiltrated every level of government. Not just not just infiltrated. I mean, this spy was deemed an important political figure in California. She was orchestrating a lot of the campaigns, a lot of the fundraisers. Fundraising for Swalwell. Exactly. So th- there's individuals right now saying Swalwell needs to resign immediately since he's been infiltrated. The mainstream media right now is it's slowly patting him on the back saying, it's okay, he's a victim here. He was given yeah. a briefing by the FBI. They didn't do that for Trump. Yep. When, when Trump was accused of Russia, they just started spying on him. The FBI called him and notified him that he was infiltrated by the Chinese government. And we still don't know exactly what this person has. We don't know what information they were able to gather. This person also did fundraisers for Tulsi Gabbard, of all oh, people. Wow. Yes. No way. So this is a major big story that's going to have a lot of ramifications. Because when you look at the Beijing professor, he also talked about a political figure that helped him out tremendously that now has Chinese citizens. And that was back in right. China. So we saw this Beijing professor literally talk about this, gloating about this, acting very happy that this happened. And now we have this story that just came out there. And uh, I think this probably happened uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe even a couple months ago. And now we're just finding out about it you're because just making, there's a correlation with it. You just make me more pessimistic about the whole China thing. <laughs> well, I mean, I rather know the truth and reality that we're facing than be blind to exactly what's going on because Luke, we have to listen. understand our institutions are corrupted to the core and they need to be replaced immediately listen listen if you just praise the glory that is the chinese communist party then you'll get to be a wealthy party member you'll have a nice uh, loft atop the tallest building i wouldn't just feel say, right uh, you know imprisoning just the uyghurs I, I wouldn't feel right imprisoning the poor but Hong what if Kong it's people. you would, would you rather go to the gulag yourself all you have to do is give in just give in <laughs> no thank <Luke>. you <laughs> no, never. that's what's happening though it's 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 the way people feel it's a path of least resistance yeah. Why bother fighting against this machine that is that is you know gaining strength and taking over when you can just give in and be rich, right? I mean, that's, that's how they went it. over the elites. So 
Yeah. Well, we're talking about the spying program that was revealed thing. today with the, the oh, Chinese honeypot yeah. that yes. infiltrated more ways than one a lot of U.S. government officials. What do you think about that? Because uh, a lot of people are saying this is room for Swalwell to resign, Re- like Swalwell or needs to resign. To uh, do, do you think that's legitimate? Do you think there's any legal merit in that? I mean, there's there's not a legal it's not a legal argument. It's a political argument. I think he should resign. I think this should be looked at like oh, I think you he should have resigned a long time ago. Like you, you had a we you were compromised by a, a Russian spy <laughs> in the middle of the Cold War. Yeah, mm-hmm. time for you to resign. Yep. Like in you know, I mean, I'm, but I'm in general think a lot more people in our government should be resigning. I think they should all resign. Right? Like, and term limits, like, except like, for and retiring from public life. Like why hasn't Bill Crystal retired from public oh, life? Seriously, yeah. or Henry Kissinger of all people? Yeah. Well, yeah. he got fired by Trump. Yeah, his organization die. did. I doesn't mean, he's it, 90. Doesn't he have grandchildren? He can hang out with them. It's fine. Yeah. Is it, doesn't it seem like Trump is... I'll say this. In my opinion, Trump is doing... Everything he's doing is acting as though he's not going anywhere. I mean, I think that's... It, I think it's a front, honestly. I think he'll, you know... Remember, the dude was a billionaire and he gave up the life of a billionaire and he'll be returning to the life of a billionaire for the most part. Um, yeah, but I don't know. The 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 the, the TDS individuals are going to go after him. Like the state yeah, level... Yeah, right. Uh, the state prosecutors. Um, there's a bunch of them. They're nuts. Like right. we're, we're we're like that's why I'm saying, man. I, I I can't imagine everything just goes back to normal the way some of these people, like these Democrat voters, think is going to happen. Because yeah, they're like the calls for unity. Like I'm sorry, like you don't get to call us Nazis one day and then suddenly have me turn around and sing kumbaya with you. But they think it's going to calm down when you've literally got you know Linwood and Cindy Powell, for instance, saying don't vote Republican. Oh my gosh! I mean, <sighs> that said, like, I, and there's stuff like I'm seeing like calls for martial law and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I, I'm not for any of that. Like I, th- in that respect, I'm just like, I'm count me out. Like I'm not going to sit here and be well, like, we, we got to be honest here. If the Republicans were accused of stealing the election, I think half of America would be burned down by now. Oh yeah, yeah sure. Right. Yep. Like that. I mean, but you know, that it's also like the consequence of that. Like if what you're calling for is like martial law and a yes. revote, the con the, and, and if you actually prevailed, then half of America would be burned down. Um, if, if Trump succeeds in his efforts, and, you know, becomes president. Yeah, it's going to be Antifa times 10 times 100. Yeah. And I mean, like, I, I mean, that's not that's not independently a reason. Right. The question is, like, I, I, the reason I pose that is not like, oh, well, Antifa is bad and they'll do bad things. It's not, you know, we shouldn't let that control our behavior and decision making. But uh, that doesn't mean I, I want to live in a country with coups I, I, or uh, sort of. What do you what do you, what do you what do you look if, if Trump on January 21st is a regular guy again, the new New York's going after him like crazy. And and the media smears and lies about him. It's intense. I don't know. I mean, it's just you. You remember everybody hated Nixon, and then they stopped and they forgot after the Ford pardon. I, I could even see a Biden pardon of Trump, honestly. But that's federal level. What about the state? Le- the I state level is the issue. Part of the state level, but I think I think the the sort of urgency and onus to keep going after Trump is gone if he's not president anymore. I think perhaps that's my. I mean, I might be wrong, but I don't. I don't think so though, because I think they need their boogeyman. They need their villain. And 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 you know what the articles that are coming out right now from the left say. In order for us to heal, Trump must go to prison. Yeah, no. A lot of, lot of, I mean, a lot of hot takes come from the left on that well, one. They've been calling for things like truth and reconciliation commissions. Right? Tribunals. Tribunals. Like, so, so, like, so listen, he's like Hideki Tojo or something. I'll, 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 say, I'll say a couple things. You want to, you, you know, uh, you, you, by all means, call out the people saying we need martial law, right? Yeah. The Democrats have already implemented it in many states. Oh, you know, over COVID restrictions. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you add that to the fact now they're saying tribunals for not just Trump, but his enablers... And some people have gone so far as they put a list of their supporters. So that would be you, me, or or even Luke, even though Luke's not a Trump supporter. It doesn't matter. You've called out China. You've been critical of the left. Therefore, it's good enough for them. Ian, who's actually kind of a hippie dude, 
They'd say, doesn't matter. He's on the Timcast IRL show. Put him on the list of enablers and supporters. Mm. So if if we're at the point where we already have martial law locked on many places and states that's violating the Constitution, they're calling for truth and reconciliation commissions, tribunals, and things like that. And then on the other side, they're calling for martial law. Like, how does this come go go down? I mean, I don't know how it resolves. I think, you know, my hope is Collapse? That- yeah, I, I'm, not, not saying hope, I'm saying like the, the resolve, like right? Like if you're making collapse. predictions, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think and there, there's a lot of other, you know, I mean, the, the COVID reorientation of wealth to the big companies versus yep. people, people having nothing left are going to snap like that, that viral video of the pineapple uh, hill woman mm-hmm. where she's got this outdoor seating area that Newsom's like, you can't you can't use it. And then right next to it is Hollywood food production services. Totally fine. Regular people are looking at that and they're, their brains are going to explode. Yeah, and I, I wonder if the consequences for that are finally going to be felt in a world where Trump isn't around. Like, I mean, he's just, he does have this effect of like sucking all the air out of the room and that in terms of media coverage. I mean, the thing about, it's, it is it is really deeply offensive that Gavin, you know, these politicians can't adhere to their own guidelines. Yeah. And it. they don't want to. It's also important to note that we saw record levels of protest under the uh, Obama administration when he first came in. We saw Occupy Wall Street. So that's also another factor to really consider here. And also that a big swap of the left is not really impressed with Biden at all. But I was going to ask you, how do you see this unfolding in the worst case scenario and how you see it unfolding in the best case scenario? I mean, worst case you get, I mean, I guess like Democrats are going to be in control of the federal government and Republicans generally don't do like full scale rebellion. Right. And they don't do cultural institutions and they, and they, they don't do cultural institutions, but they also don't do like Antifa type stuff in general. Like there isn't, you know, you don't see the sort of burning down of the cities. And but so how, how would you, how, uh, let me, let me know your, your thoughts on this. I think we might see, you know, Joe Biden, for instance, he wants to ban all online sales of guns and accessories and ammo and things like that. He wants to do what, what you bullet you, registration and a $200 tax on NFA, every, every gun NFA and any, yeah. What is it? National Firearms Act? Is that what it is? Or yes, yes. Well, so, that's, that's why we need to make sure we don't lose the damn Senate. <laughs> well, <laughs> right? so, so, so what happens then if, if he does this, if the Senate does this, if they pack the courts, I wouldn't be surprised if a bunch of jurisdictions, small towns, all of a sudden had right-wing militias putting up checkpoints. Sure. I mean, I think that, w- that would be a point where you'd actually see the sort of rebellions that you, and like, you know, real serious anti-government activity that was sort of hinted at in the 90s under Clinton. Uh, but that might become like a really big thing. And that's why we had the, uh, what was it? Oh, like, what, what were the two? You had Waco. You Waco, had Ruby Ridge. Ruby Ridge. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, I mean... My guess is that's ultimately going to be just talk. I don't think Biden's going to sign new gun legislation. I think that, I mean, Democrats. You don't think they'll pack the Supreme Court? I mean, if, I think, I think if they had the power, they would do it. Um, and I think the, the big problem there is what you'll, what the, I don't, I don't know if Biden will do that stuff at the federal level, but what I expect will be, um, in a, in a world where the court is packed, DC versus Heller gets overturned. The, what is that one? That's the court decision that establishes that the right to bear arms is an individual right and not a collective one. So right. Not, so you know, the collective right would be like, if there's a militia, then you're allowed to be in the militia with guns. Exactly. Um, and it's scary that that decision's even close. Like that, I mean, that it requires real bastardization of the grammar of the Second well, Amendment. Have you read the original Second Amendment? Oh, the one that says when that it we was, can do whatever we want with guns? It's, the, like, uh, that, it's like that uh, Parks and Rec, well, Ron Swanson, like, this is <laughs> when, it, when, when they were initially <laughs> proposing the Bill of Rights, there were like 17 articles that were proposed. Mm-hmm. The original Second Amendment said something to the effect of, if someone chooses not to join active duty militia or military, they that they will still have the right to bear arms. Mm-hmm. And they took that language out, I guess, because there was a concern about it could potentially mean people could you could avoid conscription. Mm-hmm. So initially they were like, 
you can bear, you know, a, a well-regulated militia being necessary to, you know, for a free state, the right to bear arms shall not be infringed. And if an individual chooses not to join or be part of a militia, they shall still have the right to bear arms. And they were like, wait, 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 get rid of that part because it makes it sound like you can avoid conscription and we need conscription. Because at the time, if you were an able-bodied male, it's like, you're going to war, buddy. So they get rid of it. Now we have these arguments, which I think are completely in bad faith. If you actually look at the history of the Second Amendment, we had privateers, we had corsairs. Like regular, a regular dude's like, here's my battleship. I can use to blow up a French, you know, trade vessel. Regular mm-hmm. citizens had cannons on their houses and properties and things like that. So they could. Mm-hmm. Now, now it's like, you can't have any of that. And that's the argument. But, but anyway. Also defund the police because the police are bad and, and really just like let yourself be at the mercy of people but, but who would th- do th- violence that's, to you. That's why I think what we're talking about is fifth generational warfare. Disarm the people and disarm their, their local police. Why would you do that? What, what, uh, let me tell you this. In these West Coast places where they're very prominently doing this, Portland, Seattle, places in California, it's already hard enough to get a gun in California. Now you've got defund the police. What do you think would happen if you had Northern California, nobody's armed? Well, Northern California is fairly Republican, so people have got a lot, probably have long guns. But let's say you have a city. Very few people have guns, and the police are now defunded and, and fractured. Dystopia. Anybody can walk right in. Just Dystopia. I, you know, I'm from California. I would never move back. Um, yeah. And it's, it's sad to see what's happened to the state. I think if, you know, they get the Senate— and I do think they'll get it. I do. Because Trump's not on the ticket. Look at 2018. They didn't have the, 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 uh, with Trump supporters are not Republicans for the most part. Yeah. But Stacey Abrams lost in 16. She lost to Brian Kemp. In 16? Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry. In 18. 18. That's true. Um, I mean, and like, I, I still, you know, I still am a, Georgia's a red state in general. I think it just had a particular coalition, sort of like Utah. If like Utah were a closer state, Utah was, you know, very Mormon and, and had, a big chunk of, you know, Trump underperformed his normal, the normal Republican performance in that state. So I think Georgia's kind of similar in that respect where you've got, you know, that big suburban Atlanta population. Since you're a betting man, what odds would you give on Georgia going Republican? Going Republican? I'd say, I mean, 70% chance, 75% okay. chance. Wow. I think that's what the, uh, the betting odds are right now. It's like yeah. 70, 70 something. Sounds about right to me, right? Like, you know, when I was, I, the funny thing is I didn't bet on the original, the election before the election because I thought the odds were about right. You know, I think Trump was about a two to one dog or something yeah. like that. And I thought that was right. I have to say, either way, it doesn't look good because if, you know, the Senate is by one, a majority of the Republicans. How much dirt do the Chinese have, especially with their honeypots on one politician to persuade him or to push him and to do whatever they want? I mean, and, and they've yeah. been doing some crazy stuff. I mean, they decided, I still don't understand this and why they would even consider it. They did the, the Mike Lee's immigration bill where he wanted to like remove country caps. Like, guys, get a grip. We're trying to win the Senate here. And you're out there, you're, you're pushing liberalized immigration policy when there's a republic. That's why I, 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 I don't even think the Republicans are going to do enough to... Uh, Defend the country. I just, I mean, I don't they expect want to be much out of them. I just expect them not to do things that are, you know, disastrous and catastrophic. Because, I mean, I, I, the way I look at it is Democrats want to completely remove the ability for Republicans to win elections. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you, I don't know if you've read the book, It's Time to Fight Dirty. I might have recommended it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But basically, I mean, what do they want to do? Why do they want to do it? Pack the Supreme Court, add more states so that they yep. can control yep. the Senate permanently. That's how it goes. Uh, you know, national voter, reg- you know, automatic voter registration, hol- voting day, a holiday. They want to complete universal mail in voting. Universal. And the argument voting. is we want to make all of the- we want to make it easier for people to vote. And that's that's just not true. Yeah. They're right. trying to strip away election security. That's what they're doing. Yeah. And I mean, but the, the end goal here is permanent Democratic control. And they thought they almost had it. They thought they were going to get it. 
one of the, you know, and that's actually one of the arguments, like, why I don't think the whole thing was rigged, you know, in terms of, like, well, mm-hmm. the voting machines are rigged. Well, if the voting machines were rigged, why didn't they just get a result in line with polling? You know, Democrats underperformed right. public polling in the run-up to the election. They could have... Joe, are, well, yeah, the polling was nuts, though. It was sure, insane. But, like, if... But, uh, you, can, you can... Look, if you want to play, it, it's easily explained in terms of the, you know, the, 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 the Trump supporter, con- more conspiracy mindset. The polls were propaganda. To demoralize voters, saying Trump's going to win, don't bother. Sure, I agree. Then when it came to actually, as Trump has said, this is their opinion, that he ended up winning so well that they panicked and had to really go crazy on, you know, cranking out the fake votes. Just so story, you know. Right. What I'm saying is there's like, there is an explanation. The the, the left is saying right now, if Biden cheated, then how come he, the Democrats lost down ballot? Well, because there's a bunch of uh, undervotes, votes that were just for Biden. Right. I mean, and, and like, I think there's plenty of cheating on the fringe, right? Like, yeah. I, st- I still think that, you know, I watched poll watchers get denied entry. I watched how frivolous, like, the behavior of these poll- Democratic poll workers was. And I'm like, these people could have there, – there's no moral thing that would have stopped these people from doing some amount of cheating if they could get away with it. Um, the question is just what could they get away with? And I think, you know, you end up getting away with things like coerced absentee votes, duplicate votes – the sort of and then maybe some well they were in philly they were putting up those signs saying here's who you should vote for yeah like that's super it's like it's the weird like it's like the cheating on the margins or fraud on the margins versus like fraud at the core and i think that i haven't seen any good evidence of fraud at the core i don't think there's like proof of you know these the the dominion allegations but there's like yeah that's that's this so wait you know you know what really bothered me about the dominion stuff is that I, i even said this on the show i got really mad about it because the dominion stuff and 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 hammer and scorecard was a red herring it was it was here's here's what happens there will be some dirty politician and they'll get caught doing something illegal and when someone starts sniffing too close what they'll do is they'll throw out some crazy idea to throw them off the trail and then instead of saying i caught this dude doing drugs it turns into crazy pizza cult at you know in dc and now the, the real crime is they're laughing saying we tricked those people how easy so right now when you've got actual irregularity and impropriety Trump suing and trying to be legitimized in his claims. The single worst thing for Donald Trump in all of this was the lawsuit from Sidney Powell and the Dominion claims, because what Trump needed, and that's why a lot of people, it's funny, they're claiming that Sidney Powell is a Democrat and Lynn Wood's a Democrat, and they're like trying to subvert Trump. I tell you, man, I was uh, I was reading a post on Reddit, and they said, when it comes to a coup, the one thing a, 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 a leader and, and you know the person staging the coup need is legitimacy. The, the current leader needs to tell everyone, I'm in charge, I will always be in charge, listen to what I have to say, so that the lower, you know, individuals, the police, the law enforcement, military, listen. What the other guy needs in the coup is legitimacy in the same regard. Here's why I'm actually in charge, listen to me. Trump comes out and says, 682,000 votes, no one was able to observe, what's going on here? Matthew Brainerd's Voter Integrity Project, look at all of these votes from people who live in different states and voted twice. That's legitimate. Then all of a sudden, Sidney Powell comes out with this typo-laden Kraken lawsuit that sounds crazy, that has, you know, it's almost impossible to back up except for a bunch of YouTube videos and a bunch of weird videos popping up, and Trump loses that legitimacy. The media jumped on that in two seconds and tried making every claim from the Trump campaign about the fringest and craziest conspiracy to delegitimize his claim that he actually won. And it worked. Yeah, no, I, I, those lawsuits are a disaster. They were, I mean, like, and, and I had people in my mentions constantly, who knows if they're real or not, honestly, but like people in my mentions being like, how dare you say that this yep. won't work? 
And it's just like because I'm a lawyer and I can. <laughs> These people read are a real. Brief. The people are real. I, I've I've I know I know people in my life. I've talked to people who are adamantly convinced the Dominion stuff is real. I tell you what, maybe, sure. But listen, it's when, voter suppression too for the Georgia thing. Not to, not sorry to interrupt, but right, like, like you're suppressing your own Dude, voters when you tell them that the election is completely rigged. And you see what happened with Ronna McDaniel when the lady was asking her like, why should we even bother voting? It's rigged. And she's like, no, 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 you have to vote. Then you see uh, Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood. Not only did they delegitimize Trump's claims strongly, not completely, they're also now telling people not to vote for the Republicans. I mean, it's just, you know, this is this is the suicide caucus, like the the sort of we should just commit electoral suicide because we didn't get. Exactly Maybe they're accelerationists. Maybe they are. Um, you they know. think, look, the Democrats take everything over the sooner the fat. Like, here, here's the problem. Frogs boiling in a pot eventually just boil. But you throw boiling water water at a frog, and the frog's going to jump and run away. Mm. Maybe that's what the accelerationists think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, maybe that's maybe that's there's some big giant strategy, but really, I think it's just a giant PR exercise from people who've gotten high on their own supply of PR. But what about Trump? You think Trump's trying to win, though? I mean, I think he's trying to win. I just think I think he's you know he's been a businessman for a long time. He's a guy who's litigated a bunch of cases to the end, so he's probably just like. He's doing what he does. He's like any other businessman. He'll litigate hard as, as long as he can until his appeals are exhausted, and then he'll comply. That's what I think. All right. Let's do this. Uh, we would normally now jump to Super Chats, but I want to do one more segment because I've, I've been sitting on the story, and it's like a week old now, but I really want to talk about it. It has very little to do with politics and everything to do with just the absurdity of the modern political world. Ladies and gentlemen, Vanderbilt players were crying during Sarah Fuller's 30-yard kick. This is an actual news story. Let me break it down for you. Sarah Fuller is the first woman to play in, what is it, Power 5, I think it's called? Mm-hmm. I'm not a big football fan, so I don't know a whole lot about what this means. Changing the game, Sarah Fuller became the first woman to play in a Power 5 college football game. The team she's on, Vanderbilt, lost 41-0. to She came out in the second half and did, uh, uh, she kicked, and mm-hmm. kicked like between 20 and 30 yards, and then they ended up losing. I tweeted about this. And I didn't say anything negative because I was just like, I was like, his, history was made. For, they, uh, you know, the first woman to, to, to play in a Power 5 game loses 41 to 0. She kicked 30 yards. And people were trying to convince me, like say to me, she, she, it, was, it, was, it was a squib kick. It was on purpose, mm-hmm. right? Then we, got, then we got more news. This is the craziest thing. Vanderbilt players consider opting out of final game at Georgia, another kicker joining team. After this fiasco, players actually said that they wouldn't play in another game. They were not going to do it. Seems like, I don't know if this team thought, hey, we'll just put the first female kicker on to get all this good social justice PR, but it resulted in the players actually crying. So this is the story from the Daily Caller. They say, Vanderbilt players were apparently emotional during Sarah Fuller's kick against Missouri. Okay, maybe they were crying because with tears of joy, right? They were just crying watching this historic moment. Sure. During the 41-0 blowout loss, Fuller became the first woman to play in a major college football game. When she kicked the start of the second half, the ball went a staggering 30 yards. There were some people on the sideline tearing up, quarterback Mike Wright said during a game, during a, during a Saturday morning college game day segment on Fuller's kick. As hard as that might be to believe, I can promise that I'm not making this up. You can watch the video below. It used to be an insult, yada yada. When is this nonsense going to end, they say. This is nothing more than a PR stunt, which didn't save Derek Mason's job. And now we're out here talking about players crying. Are you kidding me? This can't possibly be real. From the way people talk about Fuller's kick, you'd think she was the first woman to walk on the moon. So it sounds like they're actually saying they were crying tears of joy, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's incredibly silly. 
<laughs> yes. and patronizing. Yes. And I mean, any meaningful. I don't know. I mean, there's record low testosterone out there. And it keeps going down. So. Remember the the Try Guys from BuzzFeed? Yes. Remember oh that segment? They got, they got <laughs> you know, testosterone you know this story? tested. Yeah, go ahead. So, uh, so there were four guys at BuzzFeed, and they got their T-levels tested, and they were all oh, as, like 80-year-old men. I could have told levels. you that just looking at them, though, I mean, to be fair. Super low. And it's kind of it's crazy. I wonder, is there like, what's going on? There's been a you progressive know? decline in testosterone that's been tested Why, throughout Luke? the decades. There's many theories out there there's many different explanations some people are talking about microplastics some people are talking about poor diet some people are talking about birth control in the water birth control in the water which is another thing some people are talking about the frogs right, deciding right. to change their the orientation turn the freaking frogs yeah, yeah. <laughs> i didn't want to say that but yes that's, that's exactly what's been happening so there's many different you? is that going to derank you I don't know, probably. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. They're going to think it was actually Alex Jones. They're going to be like, we caught it. it Somebody, just like Alex. No, no, but, I'm just doing an impersonation. But this is a serious issue because reproductivity of human beings is going down dramatically. So people... Uh, well, so what does that have to do with the, the, the kick well, in the football Well, we just game. made a comment about the testosterone issue, and maybe oh. they were crying for real because yeah, they no, were I think, emotional. When I read that, I thought they were crying because like their careers are now destroyed. Yeah, they're now losers on a losing team because of this PR stunt to well, put they, a woman on the team. They lost forty-one to zero. Guys know, yeah. I mean, maybe you're not familiar with this. Like, there was a, some Chicago White Sox owner who had his team like send out a six-year-old or something to bat in the in a baseball game really he walked because the small strike zone <laughs> <laughs> is that real that's real like look at it i think it's eddie guidel g-a-e-d-e-l I'm i think really that's right now. but like i know the owner is bill veck see if i see if i got the name right that's amazing he was I, six I years always old. find things like Eddie that Guidel, kind of patronizing. I got it. Look at that, man! My memory's good. Damn. He was he was uh, the world's smallest player. How he was cute. five foot six inches. No, no, no. That's Rizzuto. Click on the click on the link. Oh. This Eddie Guidel? Oh. Yeah, there he is. Oh wow! Look at that. <laughs> that's oh, I real. love it. That's real. That happened. Oh wow! But he wasn't six years old. Is uh, that, I'm not sure how old he was when he played. He's just a, a little person. No, no, no. He was a child. He was a child. He was a child. He gained recognition in the second game of the St. Louis Browns doubleheader, weighing sixty pounds and staying at three foot seven inches. He became the shortest player in history of the major leagues. Oh no, you're right. I guess I guess you're right. He was actually. He looks uh, like a child. Yeah, smart play though. Smart yeah. play. Yeah. Tiny strike zone. Hard to hard to get that. And he's gonna and he walks. <laughs> yeah, he he walks. Uh, so okay, I, so I, that's what I didn't remember correctly. So but, what yeah. is, what is the strategic advantage of having a female kicker? There there isn't one, but I, I guess <laughs> there's not. Buzzfeed's gonna like you. I was yeah. I was, I yeah, was thinking right. it's like you know 50 years ago people recognized this sort of thing as like a ridiculous stunt, and it's like. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, I'm going to tell you, the reason I want to talk about this is because I said, I think like three years ago, when like a lot of video game and movie stuff was happening, I said it's only a matter of time before they just change the rules to mandate women in major league sports. Like, why not? The rules are arbitrary, right? We could, we could, we could raise the basketball uh, uh, nets five feet. We just agree to do it. Then no more dunking or something. Right? People might still be able to dunk, I guess. But we could just say, okay, new rule change. So what if right now everyone just said, okay, new rule change. Players have to be half women, half men. Why not? Well, um, is the NBA going to be diverse? See, then you just see a yeah. bunch of, I mean, there would be a huge market for uh, trans women. Yep. That's what happened. Well, I, I said back then there that is. it's only a matter of time before there are diversity demands in major league sports. If the rules can be changed by people, then there's no reason they can't have a rule saying the easiest way to get women in major league sports is just to mandate that they're there. It's 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 same as any diversity quota. It's not about your 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 merit. It's about making sure there's representation in the game, right? 
There I mean, you go. I, you this, know, I would have I would have said Democrats wouldn't do that, but they've done a lot of crazy things in yes. the past few years. So but this I, already happens oh. in mainstream society. In the corporate world, this already exactly. exists. Yeah. So why wouldn't it exist in the NBA? And and I think it's going to. It's yeah. absolutely no, going to. Dude, they'll get They're, their bones broken. Well, perhaps, perhaps, or perhaps you're a bigot, Ian. No, I'm talking about physiology. You gotta be, you gotta, you gotta be, every compassionate. Will, can you hear this bigot? Everyone knows there's no difference at all. I'm just struck by the fact that he's not recognizing the impact of discourse on physiology. Yeah. We can can talk people to be the same. That's right. Well, no, no, no. But think about this. Think about this. The, the, there's no rule stopping women from playing in any major league sport. They just don't win when they try out. They like, you know, she kicked 30 yards. She didn't kick 70. I, so I looked at, I don't know anything about football. And they said a good, a good, you know, kick is 70 yards. She, she might have been kicking on side though because they, they were down, down so far. far. Was that the case? Man, well, some, if some people they're down twenty five points at the beginning of the second half, and, and she, she might kick an onside kick. kick. That, that might. And, and and some people said it was a squib kick intentionally, which is an onside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she might be a great kicker. Yeah, yeah. for a woman. But so so for, the, for the point I'm making is the point I'm making is look. We make up the rules of the game. Right now, the rules are the best of the best are chosen by the managers and the, and the, and the, and the owners for who's going to be on the team. We could simply just say, yeah, exactly. So yeah. Question, diversity over meritocracy. As men are losing testosterone, are women getting more beastly? I don't know. Well, I don't know about naturally. Like, men are naturally losing testosterone. Yeah, like, the, the BuzzFeed guys are a good example of that. But I think that might be because they're not exercising. Yeah. It's really, you know, look, guys used to have to go and chop lumber. True. Now they sit at their desks and eat Doritos and, and drink Mountain Dew. You yeah, know, COVID it, was not good for my waistline. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody's. But uh, uh, maybe, maybe with more women getting in, in sports and things like that, maybe we'll see an increase over time. But uh, look, the point I'm saying is, you, you mentioned in corporations, we already have the diversity quotas. You look at California now; they passed that law where they got a what is, what is mandatory, it? Cal- yeah, man- mandatory board member must be like female or or yeah. you know you know minority or whatever. Why not in major league sports? And I'm not saying I'm not saying why not in the sense of I'm advocating for it. I'm saying why wouldn't they do it? They will it's be doing happen. it, and you're calling it out, and we're going to see in a few months, maybe even a, even a few years, just these kind of patronizing no representation of here we are. It's like we're all equal. Remember, we're you, you, all the same. Everyone gets an award. I don't know. I mean, you might end up. It, it just it might be a bridge too far, right? Like you you get the sense that people were able to do a lot of things, like. I want you to think about this. Like, I wonder how long the mass kneeling would have lasted in a world where the, ever, the crowds were still at the arenas, right? After George Floyd, there's a sense where they could get away with it because there was no audience to boo. I wonder how long people would do that if there was systematic yeah. booing. Well, look what happened you know? to the NBA and their record low ratings mm-hmm. with them politicizing right. this and literally putting Black Lives Matter on the basketball court. And then they polled people. It was a Hill Harris X, and they found that most people said, I can't stand the politics. Yeah. So they're not watching anymore. Well, I watched one game and it was just during the timeouts, during the interviews, any kind of patronizing, any kind of virtual signal they could put out, they put out there as much as they could. So what you're saying, I think, is going to come true. It's only going to be a matter of time. And uh, it's trendy. It's cool, Will. You got to get with the times. Yeah, that's why I'm a conservative. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to come down to uh, Clapter, right? What we're going to see is... People are going to be watching sports, and they're not going to care about touchdowns or scores. They're going to care about representation of people. So it's like that episode of South Park where they had Sarcastable, mm-hmm. where football was too rough. So then it turned into a game of tag, and then it was like them chasing balloons around and wearing bras. And it was because Randy was like, oh, okay, fine. Like, it's too rough. Why don't we just have the kids chase balloons instead, I guess? And they're like, yeah. okay, that's a good idea. Oh, okay, then why not have them wear bras while they do it? And they're like, okay, let's do it. And they did it. And the game became just ridiculous nonsense. 
and then they didn't realize like they were like, I don't know if I'm being sarcastic anymore. Nothing makes sense. Everything's broken. <sighs> but I think I think that's what we're gonna we're gonna get to. We're gonna start seeing a bunch of these, you know, political. If, if cult- you did, if you had like a force-fed men and women on football field together, you'd eventually get like a group of rogue dudes that are huge and beast that would just go start their own league. I think you know, you know what? I I, I was reading that we should just let everybody take whatever drugs they want. Well, in I'm terms of that. performing enhancement, no, I'm just kidding. And just who was it? Joe Rogan talking about this? Somebody was talking Probably. about it, like, where they were like, just let everybody take whatever drugs they want, and then you'll have gigantic monsters just running on the field, like steroids. Like, yeah, just everything. Just you know, their heart rates like 250 resting, and they're like run, running, you know, 30 miles an hour, just just the craziest all out. Barry Bonds was roided out. A lot of athletes <laughs> have been seriously steroided out, and they just we just didn't know about it. Yeah. yeah. So let's roll it. Okay, let's do Super Chats. Yes. Super Chats. All right. Uh, if you haven't already, smash the like button. Hit the notification bell. Subscribe. Uh, we do the show Monday through Friday live at 8 p.m., but let's uh, read what y'all have to say. Bill Ray says, Louisiana just joined. Texas lawsuit with SCOTUS. More states are said to follow. Is that? Can you Google yes, it? Yes, I saw that yes. article That's true. out there as well. It's true. Don't think it'll matter. Uh, sorry. <laughs> really? <laughs> to be like the black pill on this, but it's really going to be a question. Stop of, raining on our parade, Will. I know. No, uh, continue. Except like, your corporate Chinese overlords. I, I mean, the question from the Supreme Court's perspective is not how many states agree that we should sue here, but like, do we want... I mean, think about it. From their perspective, right now, there are election contests in states, and this litigation is handled elsewhere. Do they really want to be the court of first resort for any for states no, that but are upset about election results? What, no. if, what, if, what if they have secretly their own self-preservation at heart? They know that the court will get packed and they'll lose all their legitimacy. I mean, they'll I become I, a legislative I, body and then eventually they'll say, we vote for the Supreme Court justices. I, I just don't think they're, I, you know, I like, I've been around the law enough to be, see when, when the Supreme Court decides they don't want to hear cases and they don't have to, they end up not. I mean, <laughs> that said, I mean, I could be wrong here because there's three justices who might end up agreeing with Alito and Thomas. Um, that we haven't heard from on the issue of whether or not they think it's actually mandatory for them to take these cases. Wait, Alito and Thomas do think it's mandatory? Yeah, Alito and Thomas think it's mandatory, but for a long time, the majority has said it's discretionary, and I mean, that's that's a practical So you would, you would, so you have Alito and Thomas, if potentially Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett, then and you Gorsuch, would need, yeah. you, then, so potentially Gorsuch. Possible, I just, just doubtful. The if, three, we don't know their opinions, and if they do agree... Yeah, but I mean, if they if they agree, there's there's a lot of reasons for them to not want to agree because you know they've they've, they've just invited a whole. But come on, come on, come on, Will. Don't you think that Clarence Thomas has waited thirty years for his revenge against Joe Biden? That's what the, that's what the meme I mean, said. I, I bet he I bet he is very tempted. I bet he is. No, very you know what, I, you know that meme where you've, you've seen the meme where Clarence Thomas's eyes are glowing and it says, "I've been waiting thirty years for this moment, Mr. Biden, or whatever." <laughs> right. I, I I was like, I think. Clarence Thomas is of sound mind and integrity and maturity that he would not have that. He he he, he doesn't. These 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 are some of the most uh, you know people of highest integrity and 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 merit. I don't see them being like I have a personal grudge to fulfill and I've been waiting thirty years and I'm going to use the court to get it. That doesn't yeah, sound that's like that's not that's not how it works. That's not how they yeah. want to do their jobs. Um, Maybe but, though. I mean, I I saw that look on Kavanaugh's face. <sighs> And remember what he said? Like he, like he said, what did he say? Something about you know them getting what they deserve or something like that. Yeah, I mean, like I. And it's Kamala Harris, you and know, she was one of the of people. Anger, but I mean, there's 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 just an ethos to judging that a lot of these judges have, which is they they take pride in applying the law as written and doing it better than other people and in a more yeah. fair way. It's almost like law is a kind of it's almost like a kind of game or puzzle that you're trying to like, you know, and the and the legal problems are puzzles you're trying to elegantly solve and it's hard to escape from that to do something so radical 
William Martinez says, according to Trump lawyer Jenna Ellis, it isn't rejected. They only rejected the emergency injunction relief. Right. That's and we, true. We, we talked about that. Basically, the idea is if they don't put uh, uh, if they don't agree with the injunction now, then what relief could they possibly give if the lawsuit can't right. do anything anymore? There, there's a reason they they filed the emergency injunctive relief. It's important. Um, the fact that you had unanimous denial of that without a dissent is a real. I mean, it's just a really bad side for the underlying litigation. Um, you know, and and I think that in a world where they really did think that uh, the Pennsylvania plaintiffs would prevail, so wait, wait. they would be inclined to grant that relief. So these are super chats from a while ago. Ziggy yeah. says lawsuit was dismissed because of Texas lawsuit. Also, seven more states just joined Texas lawsuit. I haven't seen seven. Yeah, more I haven't states? seen seven. I have. Okay, I have seen Arkansas, Alabama, and Louisiana who are supporting Texas. This is from three hours are, ago. Really? So I, yeah, I don't know. There might be even more. Since <laughs> are we going to get the second civil war here? That's the most recent thing I saw. People, I, I think again, is not to put cold water on it. I feel like I'm a, <laughs> a little bit We can handle it. But it's like the idea that the the Supreme Court court would dismiss one case in order because texas filed a lawsuit that is a type of lawsuit that is very narrowly circumscribed to these like water rights type cases a lot of people are saying seven other states just joined let me see I what mean, else i can find yeah i just i'm i am not optimistic that said again like i i do say that i'm more optimistic about this than i have been about other things just because instead of having like six or seven independent procedural bars to hearing the case there's just this one yeah. thing and so if the court gets over this one thing they'll pro they'll they could hear it um but. i think you're just a negative nancy will and you just hate trump <laughs> i'm so tired of being told that it's just everybody's everybody's like I, I you mean, just maybe I should just Trump. put my brain in a bowl of warm water and forget <laughs> for the next great. Like, weeks. And well, no, it, it is funny though because it, it's like when I'm reading legal analysis on Twitter, the right wing opinions are always like, "Here's why Trump is going to win," and the left is always, "Why this is why Trump's going to lose." Yeah. And then they, they, they there's a tendency so far for Trump only had a few lawsuits, and then you had a bunch of other lawsuits from other people. The left, you know, these leftist legal opinions are always like, "Oh, that's Trump down forty now," and it's like Trump didn't actually file all those lawsuits. Like he can't control those people, so they're really trying to ham it up. But then in certain, you know, you get the point, right? Yeah. And I mean, you know, you can't help like when somebody files a lawsuit that's terrible and it gets thrown out on jurisdictional grounds. Yep. Like Mike, Hunt, uh, I, can't, I almost read it. I almost read it. You're going to get me in trouble. Mr. Hunt, first name, Mike, says, watch Viva Frey's video on the Texas lawsuit. We will win. Well, I don't know. Viva Frey, he's a, he's Viva a, he's a famous. I, I, I respect Viva Frey. Uh, but he's Canadian, he's isn't quick. he? Yeah. But yeah. I, I think like. You know, I, I tried to do my reading on this. And like when I first read the lawsuit. Will, Will, just yeah, put that I, I, put that negative feeling in the back of your mind and lie <laughs> so you can get more followers on Twitter. Yes. I'm does kidding. that work? Yes, of course <laughs> it does. That's what Twitter is. Yeah. Come on, man. All you got to do is conduct. be like, if you came out and said, hi, I'm a respectable lawyer and I run a publication and my clear legal analysis suggests that Donald Trump is guaranteed victory, you'd gain a bunch of followers. Yeah, they'd probably get like 10,000 retweets. Yeah, Harmeet, Harmeet Dillon tweeted out from, you know, Lynn Wood said that Raffensperger and Kemp are going to prison or whatever. And she said, this is bat ass. It's not going to happen. She lost followers. She's like, good. Yeah. Like, if you, want, too, if you want yeah. a lawyer to lie like to you, her. go follow them. Don't follow me. And right. I'm like, exactly, exactly. Like, that's, I mean, that's, it's culling the weak. She's great. Yeah, absolutely. The commander says a war against China won't be hopeless. Look up Binkov's battleground episodes of Taiwan versus China. The Marines are currently training new missile crews and putting them in ships in reserve to contain contain them to the China Sea and counter their island building. Interesting. Yeah, they're building islands. Yeah. Like yep. floating islands. Yep. Stephen Krashevsky says, if you want an example of what SCOTUS will look like once Dems are done with it, 
Look at the PA Supreme Court. Political partisan corrupt. That's correct. Good. Good. That's a good chat. Yeah. And then and then what? Do we just roll over and give up now? There's yeah. no there's no this this is it, right? I mean, if, yeah. they, if they pack the courts and they give statehood to D.C., which makes no sense, Puerto mm-hmm. Rico, I can understand. And then all of a sudden, Republicans never win elections. And, yeah. and when they and, and when they do, they never win any of their votes. And it's extreme single party rule. And then we become California. Next thing we know, they're trying to repeal the Civil Rights Act. Yeah, because, yeah, it's too, it'll ask for too much equality. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they tried. <laughs> Archie, uh, let's see, uh, Archie McGirrius says, in PA, if you buy a gun, you can select non-binary for gender on the application. WTF. Oh. Identify as a fit 145-pound non-binary with no felonies. Cool. Yeah, you can. What? See, you people, know. I have a random bit on this. People seem to think that everybody said, you know, gender is not like, in, in the current thing, is not a new, it's a, it's a new word. You know, before 1960s, gender only referred to how it was used in languages. And then the 1960s, people realized, hey, we want a word that is distinct from, like, biological sex to refer to sort of archetypes of behavior among right. males and females. So let's call it gender and, and let's make it that thing. And then 30 years later, that's like, hey, did you know that gender is a social construction? <laughs> I'm like, yes, that's why it was invented. Right. I, but, I now, but now they're saying sex is a social, social construct. That's how they get So that. I put out a tweet that was meant to be just like general support for Elliot Page. Mm-hmm. Elliot Page is female, but you know, and, and there are people who feel a certain way and ask that you respect them. I have I have no problem giving someone respect when they've earned it, and I think Elliot Page is cool, so I'm totally cool with. Sure, you know. I mean, and there's but, also like a but, basic kind. But here's of, the like, thing: people what they want to be called. I guess Saying that. Elliot Page is female is transphobic, and people were like reporting me like crazy, and quote tweeting saying, "Why won't Twitter ban him? Why won't Twitter ban him?" Because I said a a basic fact with respect. Right. Uh, the, the point I was making was that. Even though Elliot Page is a female, Elliot Page is asking for respect, and I think Elliot is cool, so I'll grant that respect. I have no problem there. What's I'm, I, I think this is great. That's fine. You know, do your thing. The problem is the left wants you to think that biological sex is now a social construct, which it's not. No, it is not. So there, there is a basic fact about this, but I'm not trying to be mean. Like I'm trying to make the point that we can still respect someone if they, if they, you know, you don't, you don't, you're not guaranteed respect. No one has to give you respect. But people can choose to. Right. There's there's a difference between kindness and, and mandatory thought control. Yep. Right. I think that, you know, I'm perfectly happy to be kind and, and use people's names the way they want them used. Uh, but when you start saying, oh, we should mandate pronoun usage. I mean, now, now you're you're mandating how I talk about you when you're not here. Right. That's another thing about pronouns or pronoun. I don't when I talk to you, I don't use your gender or your sex. When so so you, a lot of people are bringing up. Him. Jay of Legends has seven more states joined Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, Alabama, Florida, Kentucky, Mississippi, South Carolina, South Dakota, eight wow. states in total now. Mm. But certainly at a certain point, there's a constitutional crisis, right? It sounds like I mean, it's just, it strikes me as just like a PR exercise. States file amicus briefs all the time supporting litigation. And is, that what, is that what it is? Yeah. And I mean, it's like, that's why, I mean, that, and so this isn't like an amicus brief. This is like, oh, well, state, apparently under this theory, states can sue other states if they don't enforce their election laws properly. Um, I mean, it makes you, sense. It makes sense, but then you also kind of see like, shouldn't this be like an amicus brief in a case where that is not like straight to the Supreme Court, and instead, you know, no, there's like election contest procedures. They waited the very last day for the safe harbor deadline too. Are yeah. they going to get the Supreme Court? Might just be like, I mean, the the there was one thing I thought the litig- the briefing was generally not bad. There were there were a couple things I noticed. One thing, and this is more inside baseball. Um, the Texas Solicitor General was not in the brief, and that's not a good sign. Yeah. People so, were saying that he he wouldn't sign off on it because he doesn't yeah. believe in it. Yeah, I mean that's 
the I mean, and that's that's wrong. So the Solicitor General of any state is the person who handles all their appellate litigation, Supreme Court stuff, and the appellate litigation in their own state. Um, and they're usually a person who is like often a Supreme Court former Supreme Court clerk, et cetera. And they're they're in charge of that. And if they're not willing to sign on, it's like that's not a good sign. But I I I'm I'm saying after everything we've seen with the conflict, the chaos, the fighting, the street battles, the tensions reaching the, the Supreme Court. Now you have a bunch of states suing other states. Whether or not they, these states actually mean it, the regular people are seeing this, and Trump supporters are agreeing with it, and we're being pushed towards the most extreme outcome. That's true. States like, uh, lining up against other states. That, that didn't work out well the first time it happened. 5% of the population died. I don't want that to happen again. I'm, I, I would argue that it didn't work out well in that capacity, but it actually worked out very, very well. It ended, slavery I mean, was ended. You know. I agree that it's a, it's a good thing that slavery ended. Um, that so, seems like the most non-controversial thing I could ever say. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think it was a good thing yeah. that slavery was... I, I, I'm on <laughs> the side of that was an idea. That was a good idea. <laughs> yeah. we should have done that. No, but think about um, the potential outcomes of where we're at now. If it is true that we are slowly being eroded by um, just feckless politicians who are selling us out for you know for a long time, then regaining control in some capacity, there's a net positive. There's nothing as clearly as moral as slavery in, in this instance, however. Yeah. I, I think the threat of a foreign power is serious, but civil I mean, war, you know, brought about the end of slavery. I mean, and that's just at the excellent. end of the day, I think like the other states realize that it's an obvious PR exercise to like sign on to a lawsuit that their constituents want them to sign. on. Right, to. Right, I understand that. But think about what that means to the regular people of their state. How many people do you think started polishing their guns when they heard eight states are now supporting the suit? Yeah, no, I were that that's something to worry about. Um, and probably and, and also probably a reason that 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 they would deny cert again, right? Like that they would deny motion. They'd be like, we don't want this. It, we don't want a massive state on state battle when you're talking about. I think I think that's what they would create. If eight states are saying we demand to be heard and the Supreme Court says no, then regular people are going to say, are you kidding me? If eight states can't get, get listened to in the federal courts and we've seen the evidence and they won't give us the time of day, people are going to, their heads are going to explode. Yeah, no, that's, that's, the, a... the, I think the smartest thing would be the Supreme Court actually hearing it and then ruling against it on some, you know, in some capacity. May, I don't know. Good question. Um, Denying I, eight states is going to make people blow up. Yeah, no, it's, I, I didn't really think about like that angle of it. That makes sense. I mean, I, I still think ultimately the Supreme Court's going to, going to pass, but. I wouldn't be surprised. The 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 uh, injunctive relief was nine zero. It was unanimous. They said no yeah. to injunctive relief. I, I mean, that's not the first time, right? The but, third but, circuit was. Just but pe really, people are people have commented. They're saying the reason they did that is because Texas lawsuits is is bigger and it's going to accomplish the same thing. I mean, this is just more forty chess thinking, right? Like, <laughs> you know, like, like, oh, this loss is actually what we want. Like, mm -hmm. no, we don't want to lose. We're losing. Well, is no, bad. But, but does that make sense? That the Supreme Court would say. We're already – you know, we have a bigger case that's going to happen. I mean, they, they, they would have got, just gotten the filing by the time they were – I mean, they would have finalized this right, decision right, right. in the last few days. Yeah. They wouldn't have known about this filing. They would have just gotten the filing. They barely reviewed the briefing, have not reviewed any opposition briefing or even thought about it. I mean, I again. think I think the fact that this many states have lined up is signaling to the people of this country that the divisions are as extreme as they could possibly be. Oh, I have no doubt about that. I mean, the divisions are, are horrible. But um, I think that leads to – some, you know, really bad scenarios in the next few years. I hope not. I hope you're wrong. V City says, related to your story earlier, do you remember in 1996, the DNC and Clintons got busted illegally accepting contributions? The Chinese billionaire doing that got arrested in 2015 for illegally bringing 4.5 million into the US. That was the John Ash case. Interesting. Big Rig says, what is the definition of a reasonable amount of time in the context of the PA lawsuit? 
uh, I mean, there in the PA lawsuit that would that would relate to latches. I mean, and that would be, you know, the, the you know there it's it's a question of whether or not there was undue delay, and that will differ based on that's you know under the circumstances. There's a lot of cases in law where the you know there's not an exact technical de- term definition, and then it's like did it cause prejudice to the opposing party? Rilo seven hundred four says he wins in court or revolution. It is that's what everyone around me in North Carolina is thinking as seen by massive gun ammo sales. No one will tolerate an agent of China as POTUS. I have a DD-214, and I will readily die for America. I mean, Do you see what the Arizona GOP said? Are you ready to die for your for your country or whatever? I mean, I, 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 I'll be actually a little bit more forceful there. I think all that talk is too much. I think. Oh, I agree. Yeah, but like, as, look, I'm at a point where I'm like, we, we see what's going on with the Chinese infiltration. And this guy bragging about Biden being in the backpack. We've seen the story. We've seen the laptop. We've seen the emails. We know about the flight on Air Force Two. We know all that's happening. It's not about what I think or what you think or anyone in this room thinks. It's about what regular people have decided a long time ago. Sure. I mean, and, and hopefully it's, I mean, it's the same sort of talk that was like, I mean, the Democrats are pushing that Trump was a Russian agent for <laughs> so, you know, a long time. This seems like kind of the analog of that. Like, you know, I don't think, I don't think true Democrats... I mean, there were anarchist Democrats, but I don't know the Democrats were talking about a complete revolution in the streets. So they were talking about resistance obnoxiously. I don't know. Dedicated says, what does Ian think? About what? About what we're talking about. I think that uh, we need a cultural cohesion and it's not going to come through politics uh, that we need to focus on our art, make some sweet songs and keep doing shows like I this. I agree. Good, sir. Yeah. That's why we're doing the vlog. We want to we wanna have fun with lasers and 3D printers so um, we can create something positive. You know, a lot of what we talk about, it's like all negative, like all these yeah. bad things, all these bad I things. I don't like talking about how my side is going to lose. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks, right? It's not, it's not fun. It's not my favorite thing to do. Or, you know, a civil war. And, you know, it was... Right, fun. right. We want to we we build a, a laser and, and you, you know, know I was having shoot so a teddy bear with it. I was having so much fun when we were talking about like the national emergency declaration. I got to go on, you know, I was everybody who didn't agree with me, but I was like, no, this will work. Here's the statute. Here's the law. Here's why what Trump's doing is going to work. Super stoked to talk about that. Really not a fan of talking about how Trump's like not yeah. going to win these election challenges. Yep. It sucks. But but you know outside of just politics in general, everything's always about some crisis or some problem. Yeah. Even if you're talking about winning, you're talking about a fight. So that's why I'm like, we got to do a vlog. We got to do. Yeah. We're, so we're gonna be, we're buying farmland. We're gonna be doing a lot of stuff here. We're also gonna get a big farm and we're gonna do crazy stuff there. We're gonna build like dome houses. That was Luke's idea, mm-hmm. and we can make videos about just doing positive things, teaching people how to be responsible for themselves, and having fun while we do it because. There's got to be a balance. Yeah. We are can't you, just talk every night about how bad yeah. everything is. Are you optimistic about anything? Uh, I mean, I'm optimistic about. I think I'm honestly optimistic about like how life is going for me personally in general. <laughs> you know, I, I'm still reading a lot of books. I got you know, Human Events is doing well. Um, I mean, things are going well personally. Cool. Like, well, there you go. I read a thousand page book on the Battle of Midway recently. Oh, I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, right on. Jonathan Trudeau says, "I have a question." Can we have the National Guard watch over the poll counters to make sure everyone plays by the rules? And if you don't, then you get arrested. And then there, uh, and then there, and then there, and they stay and watch the ballots till everything is counted. Uh, I mean, we should have a ballot system that no one questions. Like that should be the end goal. I don't know. I don't right. realize why people like don't think of that. I mean, other countries look at our ballot system and are like, "That's stupid." Yes. Like we should have a ballot system that like that, that's beyond question. If that should be the goal because in a world, especially in a world, we're so polarized. I remember tweeting something along the lines of, isn't it a oh, wonderful okay. time to be experimenting with 
It's entirely possible that throughout the show we are talking about nonsense because people were getting the news while we weren't. But someone says SCOTUS has voted six to three to hear the Texas lawsuit. Is that true? No, I don't uh, think no. so. I haven't seen that yet. I saw. I, I think I haven't seen it. Uh, I'm pretty sure that it was just docketed. Yeah, right? it was this more. It was like last night or whatever. No, it, and I mean the lawsuit was filed this morning, I think. But it was docketed. It was on the Supreme Court's docket, and people were out there saying, "Oh, they've agreed to hear it." I'm right, like, right, no, right. they just docketed it. They, which is just an acknowledgement that it was properly filed procedurally. Hmm. Trevor Klein says, so this is it. The free world has lost. The future is red. If Biden becomes president, you guys won't have a true election. Canada is already effed. I had hoped in you guys. Now it does not. Now it does look long night. I'm not I'm not that depressed, especially if we hold the Senate. Incumbent presidents generally do worse in their first in their first uh, congressional midterm. And uh, Biden is also going to be 81 in, in 2024. And oh. I, it's not like cognitive decline reverses. So. Lex Murley says, I'm laughing so hard I'm crying. Don't ever fix Ian's mic. It is his mic now. People are saying that your mic is echoing. Yes. And it's probably, su- it sounds super low. I don't know. Why is it echoing? Maybe the camera's audio is actually being I picked up. I think that oh, might be it. God. And there's nothing I could do about Welcome it. Welcome to time. my world. Sorry, yeah. everyone. Somebody said, lock the door so we can't come back. That wasn't very nice. <laughs> <laughs> was, I'm not really your buddy mean. guy, says, dark times lie ahead of us, and there will be a time when we must choose between what's easy and what is right. Albus Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. Has right. anybody read a book other than Harry Potter? To be fair, that is wait, a wait, good wait, quote. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. There are other books? Oh, yes. yeah. Huh. Yeah. Like, yeah, I love I love that it's like millennials need to learn how to read books because they only ever read Harry Potter. It's, it's replaced the Bible as like a <laughs> yeah. common cultural touchstone about Seriously. like, you know, things. Well, it's, ki- it's kind of annoying to me because I've actually read the Harry Potter books and there are some good lines like that one. There are some very hopeful and inspiring lines. No one ever uses those. They only use the dark ones and the really super resisty ones. Kaylin R. says, I put $300 on Trump to win. Howley report of major voter fraud arrests in Texas. Biden Ukraine video on YouTube. Kill chain video on HBO shows exactly how voter fraud is accomplished. Kemp is in it for sitting U.S. uh, is in it and for sitting U.S. senators. Well, there's always somebody on the other side of the bet. Yep. Talbot Link says, there's people saying Trump supporters should be shaved like the French ladies that supported the the Nazis. Mm. With how many protesters did that to themselves, I foresee a dark twist on Benny Hill style stuff going down. Yep. Tyler Danielson says, if China runs the uh, runs the one world government, the Galactic Federation will never let us in Hmm. or they will because they want they're like the Borg and they're extreme authoritarians who want just people to be under control. Right. There's actually a petition on change.org right now to label the Galactic Federation as a racist organization for the exclusion of Earth. (laughs) That's happening right now. Getting a lot of signatures. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Wouldn't it be speciesist and not racist? Yeah, I don't know what that would be. Okay, so so is this real? EW says SCOTUS just gave Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Georgia until December 10th at 3 p.m. to respond to the Texas lawsuit. I did see that, but that's okay. not exactly new. That that could be, I mean, that's obviously something where they would, and again, it's not, they're not responding to the Texas lawsuit. They're responding right. to the motion for leave to file. And so like what we saw with Pennsylvania, they ordered Pennsylvania to respond. Pennsylvania did. And then they said unanimously you lose reject injunctive <laughs> right. relief yeah like that that's also happened a lot where i mean everybody's been really excited about like they've the motions they've granted are like the motions for expedited review and they've been like we won a victory we won the right to have our case dismissed really soon as opposed to later on like is it is it possible that what's going on is everyone's kind of agreed we've got to string the trump supporters along just enough so that they run out of steam because on election night they're all riled up right yeah and if biden won outright people would explode immediately 
but drag it out as long as possible, get their hopes up and then bring them down and hopes up and then bring them down and slowly get them to the point where they lost. I mean, otherwise that, they go nuts. I mean, maybe that, maybe that's the way it'll work, right? Maybe you'll just have like, I mean, maybe we'll just keep losing these cases and there you go. Shooter 13 says, may your chains sit lightly upon you and may posterity forget that you were ever our country, that, that forget that you were our countrymen. Good quote. Well, who's that? I forget. I think it's Sam, Samuel Adams. Mm-hmm. Hold on, let me look it up for us. Somebody says Jay, Jay says Will looks like he's going to cry if Trump wins. Can you oh, comment man. on JRE with Jack Dorsey? It's, no, it's sad was the Jack other way. was Jack being deceitful seeing now all the recent censorship? What was Jack back on Joe Rogan? No, I didn't see it. Is that what happened? Was that today? Not that I've seen. I can comment on Jack with uh, Joe with Jack Dorsey when I was on it, but that was like you know almost two years to what ago. They're now. referring. Yeah. Is that what they're referring to? Yeah. Can I read this quote real fast? Oh, I see it. Yeah. What quote? It is from Sam Adams. It says, if you love wealth better than liberty, the tranquility of servitude better than the animation, animating contest of freedom, go home from us in peace. We ask not your counsel or arms. Crouch down and lick the hands which feed you. May your chain set lightly upon you. May your posterity forget that you are our countrymen. We have two comments. Jerome Morrow says, I used to like Ian, but now that he's demonically possessed, I don't know. <laughs> and um, M. Pow in chat said, Ian is in his echo chamber in his safe space. Oh, my. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got to fix that. We got to fix that. We'll, we'll look yeah. at that. Because we don't, we don't hear it because the input is on the camera. Yeah, it's it not going great. into the mixer. Yeah, sounds mm-hmm. fine. It's actually really simple. We just flick the sound off on the, on the oh, camera. Okay. Want me to do that now? Yeah, I mean, we're I we're we're a couple a minutes bit. out from 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 all going to bed, so you know we'll get it sorted. I like demons, by the way. I was gonna say somebody what? said he sounded like God. We can go into it later. Like God, yeah, like the voice of God. <laughs> He's got the <laughs> I, crystal like, ball. I don't think Ian would mind that. Actually, <laughs> the mics are all correct. We hear Ian. He sounds <gasps> yeah. reverberating. I hear you. This fine. is what I've always been like. No, no, that that that, that what, what everyone's hearing—that's actually Ian's voice. Yeah, it's, it's not technical glitch at all. Vibrato. <laughs> JJ says the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. Thomas Jefferson. Eli Ben says, I bet $10,000 on, $10, on predict it for Trump to win. Still confident I will make bank. I, I hope you make all that money, Eli. I just don't think you will. Uh, yeah. And w- would you say that you hope you lose your money and he makes his money? I hope I lose my money. Like, I, I you know. I, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm yeah. also like, you know, I'm, I'm not again, I'm not going to make a public prediction without putting a bet on it like this one, especially when everybody's disagreeing with me. So I think that's fair. Donnie Mason says the left was absolutely talking revolution in the streets. What else would you call no justice, no peace, mm-hmm. defunding the police and nationwide riots? Um, well, I'm not so sure about that, but I remember, remember, remember when they were chanting revolution, nothing less. I'm pretty sure that implied they wanted revolution. Right. I was trying to distinguish between like the Antifa lefties and the sort of Russia truthers who were not really <laughs> right, riding right, the right. streets. Yeah. Like, the Russia were, truthers. In a weird way, it was like a more bizarre theory. Like at least like the sort of Antifa revolution in the streets, like there's a coherence to it. This, the theory that our billionaire real estate magnate turned president was really a secret Russian nation. Yes. Was that, that, that was a fun thing. idea because like living in a movie, you know, but yeah. life is more boring than that. Let's see. Jacob Jones says, Gandalf, quote, to Frodo, lamenting bad times, quote, so do I and so do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what we do with this time that is given us. That's great. Mm-hmm. There yeah. you go. True. Well, I think, uh, you know, we we're a little bit over, but we'll wrap up there. Make sure uh, you guys hit that like button, subscribe, notification bells. We'll be back tomorrow. Will, thanks so much for hanging out. You want to mention uh, your website? and Yeah, humanevents.com. Um, you know, read our read our news and, and follow me on Twitter and Periscope at Will Chamberlain. I, I regularly Periscope and I'm doing a lot of the legal Periscopes as legal news cool. happens. Will Chamberlain. 
Yes. You, you realize the first time I was introduced to you, someone said your name was Will Chamberlain. I was like, wait, isn't that like a soccer player? It's like, what, what, Wilt Chamberlain? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, yes. I, it's not the first time I've. I've right. I imagine. It's like very. A, a I was comparison. like, Wilt, I was like, that name sounds familiar. Wilt the Stilt. They yeah, called Wilt. him. Super oh, yeah. tall basketball player. Yeah. Basketball player. There Wilt you go. the Stilt Chamberlain. All right. Well, make sure you follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Parlor at TimCast. Check out my other channels, YouTube.com slash TimCast and YouTube.com slash TimCastNews. Again, we're live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m., so make sure you subscribe, hit the notification bell, and uh, don't forget to follow Luke Rudkowski. He's chilling here. Oh, yep. He you is? can find me on YouTube.com forward slash WeAreChange, and I uh, hope to see you there. And, of course, we got Ian, who is now the demonic monster. Hello. Oh, God, the voice of God. You don't, yes, have, to, you don't, you don't have to do that. Oh, I don't have to. You're already incorporated. Yeah, call me at Ian Crossland. Hit me yeah. up. Everywhere. And, and of course, you got Sour Patch Lids over on the production station. Yes, I've been pushing Thank the buttons so all wrong tonight. You guys sound very similar. You guys are basically brothers from different mothers. I'm sorry about that. Who? Sour Patch Lids. Um, Luke and Will, you sound oh. very similar, your voices. So, yeah, it's been difficult. Interesting. Anyway, hmm. here's Tim. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow at 8 p.m., and we will see you all then. Bye, guys.